What's up, people? Welcome to a brand new episode of Wrestle Update. I'm your host, as always, Dylan Fox. And joining me to welcome, in his illustrious words, the cage match inmates and the five star freaks, we've got the host of Crime Update, Nella <laughs> de Angelis. You are here. You've graced us with your presence. We we needed you, and you gave us double. You gave us a double dose of Nello this week. Hello. <laughs> that was a hell of an intro. Thank you. Um, yes, I am here. Uh, thank you to everyone who checked out Crime Update this week. Shout out to Ethan. Shout out uh, Raleigh. Everyone, I really appreciate the messages, kind messages. Um, yeah. Shout out to Effie for retweeting. Love Effie. Hell yeah. Um, on the cover art, of course. But uh, yeah, thank you, Dylan, for for being so into the idea and uh, allowing us to truly embrace crime updates. So we we delivered through on our promise. That's how we're starting off the new year. I'm like George Washington if he were a real person. I cannot <laughs> tell a lie. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> if you played Assassin's Creed 3, you know that's a bunch of bullshit. He lied all the time. Don't listen to Assassin's Creed 3, George Washington. He's a fictional character. I'm not down with it. I'm the real one. We will not lie on the show. And not only that, you did me a solid. You put 3-6 on there, which yes. from Memphis. I felt like I was spiritually represented on that. And, and you gave good recommendations, too, uh, to stuff that I, I wouldn't have even thought of. Uh, like I was telling you, you were texting back and forth uh, with Liza Hall. I was like, man, I've never seen her before, but I'm a big fan. Yeah. Now. No, I would love to see her in, like, um, some Ring of Honor matches with, like, uh, Marina Shafir, Mercedes Martinez, yeah. some of those more technical strikers. Um, I'd be super into that. Oh, absolutely. That, that's another thing I love about the show. I, I said it before, but you have definitely gotten me more into indie wrestling than I would have been like ever. If you weren't here, I would have been a super hater, generational level, probably at this point for the indies. But now that you now that you've really opened things up a bit, I've really gotten into it more like my mind. I've grown. And I think that's what <laughs> the, the show and life itself is all about. We have to grow if we're stuck in the same way, doing the same things. What are we doing with our lives right now? Absolutely. We have to lean into change. And, you know, it, it's a it's a circle of love and support here because uh, you helped me reignite my passion for wrestling. And thus, I was able to get back into indie wrestling again. Um, so thank you, Dylan. And everybody who listened and gave us good reviews on Crime Update. We love, love showing love to the indies as well. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be more prepared than ever uh, on the indie scene 2024. Look out, people, because <laughs> I'm, I'm about to go full, you know, grungy underground level of <laughs> wrestling fan now before you know it uh, going on here. But the only change we don't accept, uh, there was no AI used in the making of this show. You do not have an AI voice. This is your real voice. And this is my real voice as well. Uh, you know, we, I've not been replaced by a robot or anything like that yet. The graphics was handmade. You did yet. it yourself. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. I mean, so in the you future, said, you said yet. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying you also made the the artwork for it you, uh, by hand, right? Oh, yeah. No, that was, was fun. Shout out, shout out Adobe Express. Yes, that's right. A legendary system. But if we do get replaced by AI, I will be the first to complain about it and let everybody know. 
uh, right now. Uh, we're not going to put up with that. We're going to be the last, <laughs> the last defenders right now of, yeah, of it's realism. Like, it's like the post-apocalyptic Terminator world, and we're just like <laughs> in a bunker recording this fucking show. Still, <laughs> like, they could never get rid of us. <laughs> Wrestle update: We are going to be the survivors of this shit. So, it's, so there's still no new wrestling because again, we are <laughs> in a nuclear dead. apocalypse. But so tonight we're going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Shelly Martinez versus Rebel from TNA. Yeah, so yes, and that's that, how we keep the spirit alive. That could be a special update in the future, but it may not be one that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> that may be the first <laughs> AI episode that we do. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not there for it. But it's like physical media, you know. Like as cool as video games are, it means that much more when you got it in your hand, when you can just hold on to it, or a DVD or something like that. Or a soda. All of these things you have to hold in your hands for them to be special. And like you said, we're embracing change around here on Russell Update. And that's why, as good as it went, I really enjoyed the awards show uh, on there. I enjoyed your picks and mine. How we handled it was a little different. I liked it. I liked how you went, uh, given all different awards. And although it was rumored that I would give Brian Danielson all the awards, if you really look at my ballot, really... The best in ring was really where I, I I zoned him in at. I didn't give that many awards to Brian as you might think. No, no matter how much I love him so much with all of my heart, uh, so I think I defied the odds, defied expectations. And as great as it went, we had to do something a little different this week. So we are going to talk about the exact opposite of last week's show. And by exact opposite, I mean we're going to go over awards for the absolute dirt worst rinky dink BS that we saw in wrestling all of this year or all of last year, technically 2023. Man, what a year. We talked about a lot of great wrestling as well. We had to be fair on that. And so now we're doing it this way as well at the end of the day. How were you feeling about going into these awards, uh, Nello? These were harder. <laughs> these are always harder I just agree. because I, I feel like we mentally block out a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, I keep a spreadsheet of all the matches I watch. Um, so that makes it like easier to kind of remember like, okay, this show was really bad or, you know, this match or, okay, I remember something happening during this, but like the promos and the angles and all that stuff. It's like, I don't is <laughs> as, as critical as I'll be in this episode. I try not to be, you know? So I just, yeah, I kind of like, well, I didn't like that. And I'll just try to yeah. pull it out of my brain and throw it in the trash. Well, yeah, we're not sitting here talking for hours and hours about how much we hate something, unless it's the devil storyline, which also make it <laughs> brought up here on this show today. Spoiler alert. I think everybody who listens to this show kind of knew that where I may be going with some of my awards, if you are a listener to the show at the end of the day. But for the most part, though, I agree with you. We talk about these shows and maybe we'll analyze them as well. And I think that's something I take a lot of pride in as well. But after a while, if it's something truly terrible, that doesn't really affect me. If it's something truly great and special, it touches my heart to where I remember it. I can talk about it and talk about how much I love it. If it's something that sucks and I hate that much, it doesn't really touch my heart. It just either annoys me or irritates me. And then I move on from it. I, I let it slide off my shoulders. I'm not sitting here, you know, obsessing over stuff that I don't like. We're trying to be 
uh, positive mindset right now in 2024. So I do agree with you with that mindset. It made it a little bit harder uh, to determine these awards here this year. But there were some that were easy. There were a couple that I, I definitely thought, oh, yeah, this is for sure my pick. And I thought right away about them. And we're going to start pretty early on some of these as well. Uh, but uh, overall, I'm happy that we're going to have a lot of fun. Ultimately, and I do want to point that out there and stress this as well. This show, we're going to trash some people on this show. I'm telling you right now that that's going to happen. But it's all in good fun. Nothing personal. All for funsies. All for, you know, all, still a lot of respect for everybody, for all the performers. Maybe some I, I don't have a lot of respect for, maybe. But most of them, a vast majority, I do. Uh, so I want to point that disclaimer out right now. Nothing personal, all for fun. Co-signed. <laughs> so, first up on our worst of awards, who will take the, cr- the crown? Who will get the golden raspberries of wrestling? Who will be the ones who just made us hate wrestling and maybe even our lives at different points of the year? Much like last week, we started off with the awards. These are probably going to be shorter than last week, too, by the way, y'all, because we didn't split it up between companies. We only have so much hatred in our hearts that we're willing to to spit out. We can't go, go line by line like last week. But much like last week, we started with the best attire. Uh, you tremendously went with Christian's turtleneck, which was a wonderful choice. And I went with <laughs> Sasha Banks' uh, Hana Kimura attire. Recent Eastern Lariat Hall of Fame inductee, Hana Kimura, for the record there. So double good stuff. But this year, or this week, is not for the best. Who has the absolute worst attire in pro wrestling? Who appalled you? Since we are both fashionistas, I believe we are definitely within our right place to speak on this. But Nello, who was it? Who was the worst dressed of 2023? So as someone, you know, that writes for numerous fashion blogs um, and just style overall, right? I had to separate this one into two categories, um, one for worst hair and makeup and one for worst costumes. So the boo-boo-doo-doo beard of the year goes to Lexus King and the Shockmaster Swag Award for worst outfit. I named I named my own awards weird things. Uh, the Devil's Henchman. Uh, I don't know what I could add to Lexus King's beard other than that. It's it's like if someone misspelled Tiger King and searched for an image of him in like an AI generator, this is like – it's like the crude outline of what should be a human being, but it's just Lexus King. Um, the Devil's Henchman. Retribution at least had masks, you know, like even like Slapjack had a cooler look. And that's saying something. Uh, this was your main event storyline and you could not shell out more money um, than like a Chris, one of Christian's turtlenecks probably costs more than the entire group attire for the Devil's Henchman. Um it's even if you're going to do something as lame as that story, making them look cool probably would have helped a little. But yeah, those are my worst attire awards. What about you? Well, I do have to say that those are excellent picks in both cases. <laughs> Definitely for the the worst look, like physically, the Lexus King beard. 
that's a top tier pick. I didn't think about it as deep as you did. You should have passed on these awards. I would have hyped them up more. These award names of yours, because I like what I see. I see you with this. Uh, what did you call it? The doo doo, the boo boo doo doo beard of the year. The boo boo doo doo beard of the year. <laughs> you will not get that award on any other show, regardless of what subject they cover. And Lexus <laughs> King took it home. And the devil's henchman, like you said, you 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 said it perfectly. Even Retribution was cooler than, than they were. <laughs> For me, I like how we're kind of inverting it from last week, where I went with the pure wrestling attire, and you went like all over the gamut. You 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 were the spectacle looker of us. I think you may be the superior fashionista. I will admit that. Although you know, best hair awards are always near and dear to my heart. If you know me, but for me, I want somebody who I just think is an excellent wrestler. Like somebody who is probably one of the best in any company, honestly, if, if he had the chances and somebody who's done a lot of crazy things. He's, it seems like he should have died by now multiple times, <laughs> but he continues on despite any insane bumps he takes. But here is my question to this man. Darby Allen, what is up with the black short trunks tights over the black long tights? You doubled up on tights. That, <laughs> why not just wear pants in this situation? I just want to ask him that. If if I ever interviewed him, that would be my number one question. I don't even need to answer anything else. Why not just pants if you're going to wear double tights? It's dumb. I don't, and again, he's an amazing talent. But the look... Is terrible. Like, why double tights? Answer me that. I, I I leave it all out to everybody listening and you, Nello, as well, if you want to chime in. Why not just pants or just shorts? I wrestled in shorts. MMA fighters fight in shorts. You could have had some, le- you know, I get it. I get the goth appeal. I'm an emo guy as well. I respect it, but not the double tights. That's that's a fashion no-no and earns Darby Allen my pick for the worst attire. <laughs> Um, damn. Yeah. I mean, I honestly I this didn't out. even, I did. That's a deep cut because I didn't even notice the double tights because I'm always so distracted by his tattoos. Um, <laughs> that's, that's where I thought I, you were going yeah. was like the worst tattoo because it's just like all skeleton. Um, <laughs> and like, <laughs> I get what he's going for. We were talking off the air before the show about skateboarding and to- Tony Hawks and, and session and all of this. I get that he's this skateboarding guy and he's got that kind of death defying mentality, like the skeleton. Even in his tight, you know, his entrance video, he's like pulling part of his face off and you've got the skull. He's in the skeleton look. It's an aesthetic. I'm not saying I like it because I, I don't, but that's acceptable to me more so than the double tights, the tights on top of tights. No, I'm, I'm happy we've like established a spectrum here. So that's good to know that we. <laughs> But, face uh, paint okay, is cool. Like the, the face paint's fine. What was the thing in skate, like the Hall of Slams, or what was it called? Something like that. Yeah, I yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> great choice. Yeah, and I, I like the face paint. To have face paint is good, but the the pants. I mean, I'm going truly attire. Nothing against his look otherwise. But with the tights on tights, I had to give it up to him for that end. Although the the henchmen make a strong case. I suspect this will not be the last we hear about them on this show. Worst promo. Looking it up. 
Oh. Are you, what's it called? You want to take it this time? Oh, what's, from what's my award name? Um, yeah. All right. It is the biggest suffering succotash promo of the year. Uh, Sylvester sponsoring the show <laughs> right now. Uh, I yeah. love it. Do you remember that Reigns promo? Yeah, we have Roman Reigns oh. with the promo. I mean, that was awful. Like, that was a legendarily bad <laughs> uh, promo. Um, but I love the name again. Perfect fit. For me, I have found something even worse than the Suffer and Succotash promo here. Oh, okay. This was unquestionably one of my least favorite segments of all time. And when I saw it, I couldn't even believe they let it air. Because it's not... There's so many reasons why it sucks that we could get to and break it down. But one of the worst is, not only is it bad, like the Devil's Rejects are bad, for sure. But we've at least seen similar things done in wrestling. You you mentioned Retribution. It's at least, it's at least been done before. <laughs> but segments like this, and there's plenty of them on NXT, too, that are somewhat comparable. If you remember the Zoe Stark and EO uh, uh, sushi <laughs> uh, promo they had, this was another case of that, and I think this falls in line, and I, I still think it might be even worse. Um, because it involved the world champion. Of course, it had to be the MJF and Adam Cole Chinese food promo, <laughs> in which case MJF mentioned taking it when he took a bite of the food, he dropped and said, Owie, this is too hot and too spicy. <laughs> and you had you had the the uh, Chinese restaurant owner angry like so you've played into stereotypes you've you've just been stupid it looks cheap you know it looks like you couldn't hire anybody else to be at this restaurant you might have they probably shot this backstage somewhere and like rented out a corner of a locker room or something changed the lights around just brought this guy in to be the owner of the restaurant and because there's no other customers there if i remember correctly on this uh but then to have your world champion take part in a skit like this, and they did a lot of them, they did a lot of these kind of skits, but this is by far the worst one. Even the one on the boat, where he looked like he was about to try to kill Adam Cole, was still <laughs> not nearly as bad as this one. I thought this was awful. Why the hell did you put this on your TV show, Tony Khan? This should have been a, an extreme cut. If I were to have an honorable mention, it would have been the Roddy and Adam Cole promo. Only because it was the one they had to air twice because the audio got messed up. <laughs> like, not only was it bad, you played it twice in the same show. But to me, the Chinese food restaurant, as somebody who is Chinese, I, I took double offense to this. So I have to I have to give the MJF and Adam Cole Worst Promo Award, the Suffering Succotash Award, to these two legends of this <laughs> this particular show. Um, That was... So, Dylan... To help me out pick these awards, Dylan sent me a whole bunch of promos and angles and everything like that on YouTube. Yes. And, and uh, one of my picks away that I sent you? Yes. Um, but that's to say that watching all of these back-to-back was a special kind of hell. Um, and I will say the one that I did enjoy in the end was just Cole and Roddy. Only for the fact of just Roddy being just the dumbest piece of shit. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it was it was like the 
the rough diamond within the pile of garbage, but who knows? That wouldn't uh, have but, been as bad if they had to bear it twice. Is all, is all I'm saying. I'm oh sure. my god. Yeah, no, that was uh, it was embarrassing. But it, it, anyway, um, my biggest suffering succotash promo of the year goes to, and I'll, I'll list my favorite or least favorite quote from the promo. I'm going to fly out of here on my private jet and you're still stuck in the wildfires. Yes. Total fucking silence. (laughs) And I like (laughs) jungle boy, Jack Perry. Yes. um, After he turned heel on hook, I did love the end of this segment where he just sprints out and hops into his car because it's so Looney Tunes ish, which honestly ties in with the succotash here. Um, But holy shit, it felt like he was reading cue cards and then having to check notes on his hands just in terms of his cadence, the pacing, um, the flatness. I did like Jungle Boy towards the end. Like, dude, I thought smack 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 real glass like i think that shit's sick honestly i should have shouted that out for line of the year um for all of the good graces it brought aew in the long run um but yeah this was horrible this was it's like (laughs) it's like the inverse of Shayna wayne it's like someone figuring out how to actually (laughs) speak but it's not funny um, it was just so bad. And like the secondhand embarrassment and cringe, it's like a real life Michael Scott, like turning heel. It's just like, fuck, dude, you weren't born for this, man. Just what are you doing? Um, he's someone that could have benefited from a manager, I think, or a mouthpiece like a Jake the Snake. Who knows? I'm not going to fantasy book Jungle Boy's wildfire promo. But uh, yeah, that was my worst promo of the year. So thank you for reminding me of it, Dylan. That was a uh, definitely of the AEW in ring promos. That was a special case. I would I would say, uh, Jungle Boy. I mean, he would be like imagine he'd be like the worst actor if you put him on iCarly. You know, you you just can't trust him with a mic at the end of the day. Uh, and that was definitely among the worst. And he he was bad all the way through. Even as a babyface, he was a, a bad promo. They even made it a story when they were doing the Four Pillars stuff. They were like. You can't talk. And he was like, yeah, I can't cut any good promos, but I, I try my best. <laughs> and then as a he was like, I can't get cut any good promos, but man, I got a private jet. <laughs> and so two sides of the same cor- coin with Jungle Boy. <laughs> it's, it's like you could really edit in crickets in that video. And it's just like the, <laughs> it's it's really the way he, like, God, and you're still going to be here with the wildfires. It's just fucking. And doesn't he talk about Anna Jay's butt or something like it? Yeah, he's just, like, a, he was like, I'm banging fuck. the baddest bitch in this place or something like that. He said something like that. It's so Wait. bad. It's like, it's like a kid coming to school and just being like, I have sex. And you're yeah. like, okay, okay. We, we weren't concerned about that or even curious necessarily. But thank you for letting us know. Hey, bro, bro, bro. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, we banged. We banged, me and her. That's what this was. <laughs> that was the, that bangy, was the promo. Bro, promo. bangy. It's just like Entourage 2006. Um, yeah. That's honestly, 
okay, if Jack Perry came out with like drama and Vince and E and all the entourage guys, that yeah. would have been the best promo of the year. Like, okay, imagine Turtle drives them out on the stage. Special entrance. Like, it's just... <laughs> this is a deep cut for the Entourage fans of the podcast. I know, that was, that was a good show. That was big at the time. I was going to say, bring, bring, bring some people from his dad's show that's still alive. Like, 90210. <laughs> bring them and go even further back. Uh, there. Bring in Tori Spelling uh, for this. Um, but, you know, that, that part about Anna Jay, they could have done something with that. The problem is he, he was bragging about that, but she, she wasn't there. She was nowhere to be found and all of that. So not only that, like you've made a false claim in the in the kayfabe world of AEW now. So that, that's double bad. That's good. That gets you beat up in high school if you pull a move <laughs> like that. You don't say, hey, we're banging. And then she's like, what? I don't even know this guy. <laughs> like we, we never met in my life. That's going to get you beat up. <laughs> Jungle Boy needs to get his ass kicked, which some people think may have happened at, at some point later on. Uh, not because of that, though. That, that He deserved it for this one, although the other thing was funny as well, the glass. <laughs> I will give you that. Um, thanks to you, we split up this award into two as well. Worst move and worst botch. So which one do you want to start with? So um, I'll go with worst move. Okay. What's the name of this award? So this one is the Saxtonian Award for Worst Move of the Year. <laughs> okay and um for me there are moves that are overly complicated uh you know a pump handle into a styles clash that's actually just to roll through and then you wind up doing like a saxtonian at the end or a skull crushing finale and it's like why'd you gotta do all that man it didn't it didn't add anything um, there are moves that just simply do not make sense like that. I don't think that hurts someone. I think that that yeah. actually hurt the guy giving it. Right. But then there are awards that just really make me fucking hate pro wrestling. And it's or sorry. Did I say awards or moves? Either anyway, one moves, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, there are there are. Sorry. There are moves that. um that just make everyone look like shit. Everyone involved. And for me, this year, that was the double clothesline by Adam Cole <laughs> and MJF. Um, and the reason, the reason I list this one is it would be easy to list a kangaroo kick. But that's just a symptom of the double clothesline. I'm getting to the root of the fucking problem here. So, yes, the Saxtonian Award of the Year goes to the double clothesline. There's nothing about this that looked impactful. It was total gimmick. Um, the the very worst of the Adam Cole MJF Devil storyline that really plagued the promotion this the second half of the year. Um, I just I hated everything about it. I can't I can't uh, deny that it was incredibly over with audiences. It seemed, but for me, it was just like a finger poke of doom type move um you know hitting someone like a kyle fletcher with something like that or just any of these teams i thought it it really just made him look like shit so yeah what about you dylan that's a great pick it was dumb but i do also have to accept that it was over as well with the crap for whatever reason uh so i didn't pick that one there's a certain move that's done that irritates me more than any other. I'm not if it's sold the right way, it can actually look kind of good. 
it, it's all on the seller. But the idea of it, the, the principle of it, makes me hate it so much. It's unquestionably the worst move in wrestling, in my opinion. And as much as the double clothesline did suck and make everybody look stupid, I agree. There's nothing, nothing that hurts my head when I see it anymore than the Miz's DDT with the guy kneeling. Why would you not <laughs> over just his pick him kicks? Up? The kick. The thing is, the kick is a good move, poorly executed. The okay. kneeling DDT is a terrible move, even when it's done well. Because why would you not just lift him up slightly higher to deliver a better DDT? Why? You could do it. He's on his knees. You could easily pick him up and just do a normal DDT. What good does the kneeling DDT do? Awful. I'm not even going to try to create something here, like a counterpoint. Yeah, that's. (laughs) And his kicks, again, if you looked at impact, his kicks would be the worst move. But in terms of my mind. Uh, I accept that, and we all know Miz sucks as a as a wrestler. We know that already. It goes without saying. Some people will try to bring it up every once in a while that he's actually good, but we know better on this show. This is not the show to put over Miz. But the kneeling DDT is a terrible move. No matter who does it, in Japan, Yujiro does it for a little while, and it's it sucks. It's just a stupid move. Lift his ass up. And DDT him if you want to give him a DDT. It's fine. Don't. What? Stop it. Stop with the kneeling DDT. I hate it. But that is my pick. Although yours definitely was a great pick as well. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you there. What about the, the worst botch of the year here? This is a totally different category than worst move. This is something that went wrong. And you could you could argue that Mrs. Kicks could be up for this in a lot of ways. <laughs> um. Okay, so, you know, the term botch, it just has such a negative connotation to it. So I decided to change the name of the award to the biggest oopsie of the year, Dylan. Um, And my biggest oopsie of the year was Uncle Howdy going off the top in the pitch black match. Um, It was just so bad. And then the little pyro after and the pops. um, It's like it's up there with a and this this is called fairness here. But, you know, the exploding barbed wire death match, it's just total hulky bullshit. And, you know, I think when you add staged elements to pro wrestling like that, that's when it becomes very glaring. And it's very immersion breaking. It just was really the cherry on the cake of a, you know, I don't even want to call it a gimmick match. It's like a late stage capitalism match. You know, the, the Mountain Dew pitch black match. Um, hard pass for me. But yeah, the biggest oopsie of the year goes to Uncle Howdy. What about you, Dylan? What's your botch of the year? I think that is a strong candidate. Um, that also, to me, is like an Andre the Giant Panda Award. Andre's a Giant Panda Award nominee as well for WrestleCrap moment of the year. Because... When it happened, as bad as it was, it it made me laugh, though. Like I was completely entertained. There's no reason for this man to jump off the stage. He completely missed. <laughs> and it looks like he just jumped off. It looks like he did something insane to no end. Like, literally, there was no reasoning behind it, no explanation. And it was just insane. It was ridiculous. And I loved it. It was so funny to me <laughs> that I couldn't help watching it back four, five, ten times. 
to see him miss LA Knight. Uh, so I love that moment a lot. For me, I had a hard time with this one because, you know, it's, it's tough with a lot of these botches. Um, sometimes you can uh, point out of it. Sometimes a botch can result in an injury or something like that. And we, we, that's not fun, you know, at the end of the day, if somebody gets hurt. No, like the most someone should get hurt in a in a, in a funny botch is Matt Seidel trying to hit his moonsault. The, <laughs> like, what, the shooting star like, press, yeah. Oh, the shooting star press, yeah. Like anything more than that, and it's like, I, you know, that's not okay. We can't celebrate that. And although someone did get injured in, in the match where my botch happened, it's not, I'm not calling the move itself. My botch has to go to Rick Knox, the referee. Of the box at Phoenix match where he held up on three because box was legitimately injured earlier in the match. And Moxley turned to him and, and clearly said, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like when he stopped it, too, um, because then Phoenix had to hit the black fire driver again. <laughs> if he had just counted three, it would have ended it uh, to see Mox so in dismay on, on that move and that spot. I mean, that had to be the worst one. Like, that was like, and the whole crowd, it was one of those things where, like, it was painful to watch. Like, you hurt everybody <laughs> with the, with this screw-up. Uh, one of the worst feelings in any wrestling match is the referee pulling back uh, on a three-count like that at the end of the day. So, very poor work there. Sorry, ref. No, um, no that's a, that's a great worst award because i think it's a very mine's like a very haha funny oopsie thing you know but yours is like it's also very critical of a very prominent and talked about issue lately and when you compare that moment um to something like what recently happened in wwe with Hayes and theory and you see the kind of difference in how the referees responded absolutely not only did this really just fuck up the international title for a while. And I'm talking about the referee count specifically, because I think if Phoenix just pinned three there, you would not have had all of the questions surrounding it as much, right? Um, you know, yeah, totally still agree. would have come out. Uh, oh, it wasn't a planned finish. Moxley's hurt. Okay. But it's like, damn, Phoenix won now. And like, what's going to happen with that? But everything that all of Knox's decisions definitely fucked up a, a big part of AEW that had just become very special. So great choice, Dylan. And just the dismay from Mox in, in that moment, like it was so real and it was totally like totally reasonable how he reacted that end. And it really blew it. Like you said, the match got hurt. The title got hurt. Storylines got hurt. You can't point to a more damaging botch for an entire company than that. <laughs> I think you could say for the year 2023. Uh, so congratulations to that. And I say that with loosely. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> now, the worst entrance theme music of the year here. We had our best last week. We had some bangers. End of heartache for me. You went with Seth Rollins's visionary theme. Everybody's done the whoa thing before in the past. So we go there. But what was the worst? What is the song if this played on your phone, on your Spotify? If I what if I sent you a playlist with this song 500 times in a row and you it was just locked in there? I installed a virus like that's all that will play for the next 500 hours. What song would you w worst least want it to be? 
So for this one, I propose we do something different entirely. And let me know what you think about this. I say let's announce our award at the same exact time because I think we might have the same one here, Dylan. Oh, I have a strong feeling we do. (laughs) So the Bad Street USA Bad Song of the Year Award (laughs) goes to – we'll do it on three, all right? One, two, three – Don Callis. Don Callis. Uh, <laughs> it had to be the Callis family. Now, this song, believe it or not, Nello, this is something I couldn't believe. I had to look it up to make sure I wasn't like, you know, I, I didn't just lose my mind or something. Like somebody, you know, I don't know. Like if I had just lost it. And this week has been a trifling and hard on me. Did I finally get broken? Did I finally go over the edge? But I looked this up. There is a YouTube upload of this song by AEW Music. This song, and I use that term very loosely, this song is entitled Rise of the Drones for the Don Callis family. <laughs> Are you serious? That's a really good way to say, like, sucks ass, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey! <laughs> yeah, come on. Like, you, you're good. You are an expert. And sound quality, great music. AEW has a lot of great original songs, too, even though I went with Into Partick. Like, they have a lot of really great music. And, and if you look at their YouTube page, they've got, you know, symph- you know, symphonic versions of some of their themes, like Omegas and stuff like that. They had a special versions, 8-bit remixes, a lot of cool stuff. I respect Mikey Ruckus a lot. And, I, and ultimately, he was just, I, I can't blame Mikey for this, because he was doing what he was told. Somebody probably told him to come up with the worst song possible for Don Callis. And, and this yeah. was his idea. So it was actually like, genius. Congratulations, Mike. I, I apologize. I take it back. You are perfect at your job because this sucks. This theme song. Do you remember when Chompy used to come out to no theme? Yes. I would have just gone with that here because if you're trying that to just so go much for better. like – because it's it's like oh it's the absence of like enjoyment and blah 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 i'm like okay just go john cage with it and make like a statement not just some like it literally sounds like a toilet sucking the fucking sound out of a room it's just it's an oppressively awful just sound and frequency it's like i I can't remember what it is but there's a movie and it's like the brown note or something and someone like plays it and it makes everyone poop their pants that's like this level of awfulness um i digress though but yeah dylan great choice (laughs) yeah 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 first agreement on this show to me another thing i don't like about it in my opinion it's not just bad it's also a heat killer like Mm -hmm. There's no pop for this. There's no way to even boo or anything like that. You know, there's no opening theme that you could, you know, that will signal it. It's literally just a sound going over and over. The crowd doesn't react to it. It doesn't get heat. It kills the crowd, man. (laughs) Like, it's it's like, you know, uh, you need something in wrestling. I'm not saying you have to have all great music, you know, and some guys or, or girls as well. Maybe it's better for them to have a gimmicky type of theme, you know. Uh, that could be a lot better than, you know, generic rock song 27, you know, which some, like if you look at the NXT themes, there's a couple there that are generic, 
you know, that they, they don't mean anything. They didn't put any effort into making them. They sound all right, like serviceable, but nobody remembers them or cares about them. But even those would have been better than this. Like I think, cause it just kills the crowd. Like I said, if you had just given us, if they just modified it a little bit, maybe to lean, lead into something a little bit, like when Takeshita went to DDT, they started this theme and they bridged it into his DDT theme, which, okay, like that, that works a little better, I think, because uh, it gives you that moment where the crowd can react to boo. And I just don't yeah. think it works on that level. So even never mind, obviously, if, nobody's going to listen to this on their own. Like, you know, it's not going to be that kind of song. And not all interest themes have to be that kind of song. <laughs> Seth Rollins theme isn't one I would say is something I would listen to on repeat, like over and over again. But it works perfectly for him and his entrance and in the, the context of a wrestling entrance. You know, when I was wrestling, somebody played a rib on me once. Uh, obviously, my gimmick at the time was like the e- emo guy, light and dark, <laughs> spoke on spiritual stuff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I had like Leaving Song Part 2 as my entrance theme at the time. The like AFI oh, song. So good. Great song. Like great theme and great song. I love an intro, oh. too. Yeah, the, the intro guitar. is perfect. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's why I loved it so much, because it, it was a perfect intro that led into the entrance. <laughs> but anyway, so I come out and they play that that very intro for like the first seconds or so you know, before I'm about to walk out. And suddenly, as soon as I walk out, instead of getting into the, the song part, suddenly it changes to <laughs> Careless Whisper <laughs> on there, which is a wonderful song. <laughs> By, you know, it's a great song if you're listening to it, a, a very romantic and heart felt song but as a wrestling song <laughs> that doesn't work at all you know uh, so it goes two different ways you have to really put thought into your entrance theme uh, because a bad song can also be a great entrance theme if used in the right way and a great song can be a poor entrance theme when used in the in the wrong way so i i want to point that out and i that was a kind of a funny rip as well i, I can look back on it now at the time i was very pissed like what the f-? <laughs> like type of deal going on there but um very funny at the end of the day. Uh, Rise of the Drones was not fun at all, though. But we will continue to complain about it every time it comes on. Although, did you see they, they had different music for Takeshita uh, when they did their Rampage match? Yep. And I'm hoping that that is a permanent change. So, <laughs> yeah, I think they realized all the stuff I said was probably said to, to somebody backstage. Yeah, like, hey, this Tony, sucks. thank you, man. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Um, and just giving us a listen, man. Thanks, TK. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly. He He's spoken on his love cage match before. We've seen a lot of changes lately. Uh, AEW's really taken a little bit of a shift as the year turned around and shifts that we like as well. So, yeah, he gave overall, us the book. <laughs> I think it would be a, a better idea than some people that have had the book in the past. I will tell you that right now. Least favorite wrestler. Much like the favorite wrestler from last week. No rules. It could be for any reason. I don't care if it's small, petty, nonsensical. It could be any reason you have. This is your personal least favorite wrestler. Give the fans, give the WU crew a little bit of love and a little bit of insight into your least favorite wrestler. Yeah. So the winner of the KG Muto Award this year for me <laughs> is someone who is not only a professional wrestler but a tiktok sensation um they are 
one half of a legendary tag team duo, Matthew Hardy, uh, my least favorite wrestler <laughs> of the year. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say here other than anytime like this guy shows up, I genuinely like, I don't even change the channel. I just turn off my fucking TV. I just call it a <laughs> night I'm watching things. I'm like, you know what, man, that really left a sour taste. No, it's not that bad, but God. Yeah. I, I refuse to watch this guy wrestle. Um, you know, I was very excited when I saw that Jeff Hardy came out solo on rampage against Darby. Um, and yeah, I don't know. This guy just, he genuinely has, you know, not only does he like, is he, and this isn't like, you know, every profession has a, uh, an expiration date to it. Right. And Jeff is still doing some crazy shit. He's still able to move somewhat, but Matt Hardy is just, um, you know, not at his peak anymore to put it kindly. And then he has, you know, the, the audacity to go online and constantly complain about not being pushed more. And like, yeah, he came in as a hot product. And that was also in a time where like, he was the first sort of big outside signing. Um, and since then there's been God knows how many signings. Um, so when you're stacked under like 70 other talents, uh, you know, the cream rises to the top and quite uh, to put it quite simply is Matt Hardy is simply not cream anymore. Uh, he is curdled milk. So, yeah, that is my KG Muto Award winner, Matthew Hardy. What about you, Dylan? With that said, I think you need to sign a contract to be in the Hardy family union now, now that you've mentioned that. It's heartbreaking because back in the days of his feud with Edge, he was one of my top guys. Like, I was super into that, like fighting for his betrayed love and all that stuff. I was into all that super heavy. Unfortunately, any goodwill has gone away <laughs> of, of all of those years, years ago. And now, whatever upside he has, I don't see it. Maybe with the Hardy Boys as a tag team, but I mostly agree with you, to be honest with you. In the AEW roster, he is a good pick. <laughs> as good of a pick as any. And he's got a lot of heat with people, it seems like, on, on social media as well lately, so... He might be somebody we keep our eyes peeled out for. For me, there was one person. I'm going a little bit outside the box with this one. Going away from AEW. Uh, <laughs> since a lot of these awards seem to go there lately. Uh, I'm going to go away from AEW for a second. And talk about a man who, during this very year, <laughs> the year of our Lord, 2023, he came out. He did a segment, not for wrestling, not for an angle, not to build anything, but to promote a serious radio show. And not even his own serious radio show. Not even one that he was on. This man has caused the reconciliation of bringing in Bully Ray back to TNA. We didn't want that. He's given Busted Open more publicity than it ever had before. This man has won a title and been the champion for nearly all year in 2023. 
Tommy Dreamer for TNA. Congrats, fucker. Your award's in the mail. (laughs) That's right. This is the only award you will be receiving (laughs) uh, in all of your likelihood for the rest of your career. So you really earned it. The digital media champion finally went down to Crazy Steve. This man has been wrestling consistency. What does he possibly bring to the table in 2023 and 24? I cannot tell you. I don't know who he talked to on the phone and convinced that he needed to <laughs> he needed to impart his wisdom, but they're wrong. Like whoever told you that uh, TNA executives <laughs> were wrong, and at least Matt Hardy, for all of his woes, he at least at points was a big name in wrestling. You know, it gets by on his reputation and what happened in the past, even with the broken Matt stuff. What does Tommy Dreamer, what is the excuse for TNA to keep bringing this guy in and making him a, a huge part of the show over and over again? What is their excuse? Um, he's one of the brothers. Like, I can't, I, I can't defend <laughs> ECW this man in def- any way. He looks like, like he really, it looks like if Tommy Dreamer was, they took a Tommy Dreamer wax figure and then like held a lighter to it um, because he just looks like he's melting, man. Um, like this fuck is just, I don't know. He, he, I, he's one of those people too, that definitely was pushed out of the industry for a bit. So yeah. as you said, to see him become embraced again and then to bring in, uh, you know, pretty awful people as well. It's disheartening. And I think in a year where TNA uh, now TNA had uh, re-earned so much goodwill, um, had five star matches, you know, became a, you know, must watch at times promotion again. That is definitely the biggest stain on the year. So great choice. Just had an awesome match the other day with Alexander and Osprey. Like, well worth going out of your way to see. Um, can we please leave ECW dead in the past finally? Please. I hate ECW. Why <laughs> do they have to keep bringing it back? It sucked. It was never popular. The only reason it even stayed alive is because Vince McMahon was funding it secretly. It didn't draw any fans. It led to terrible things happening over and over again on and off screen. The person who ran it will lie to your face 20 times in a row and not not even care about it. And even he left it behind in the past until it was profitable for him to bring it up again and mooch off and add more years to his his own questionable legacy at this point. ECW sucked, and I don't have any nostalgia for it at all. I don't want to see it anymore. Leave that crap in the past where it belongs because nobody's got time for that no more, man. It's over. It ended 25 years ago almost. When is it going to end? When is it going to end? Fuck ECW. (laughs) I just want to point that out right now. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, (laughs) Who who is your pick for worst non-wrestler? For worst non-wrestler, the winner of the Do You Even Go Here Award is none <laughs> other than Don Callis. Ooh. Rise of the Drones, Rise of the Drones. <laughs> <laughs> now, the yeah. thing is, he sucks. 
I think we all we all can agree on that. Would you say his performance is worst or the fact that he stands in front of everybody and takes all of their storylines from them is even worse? Honestly, the latter. He has some good lines here and there, but yeah. he's someone that definitely for like his entire persona and aura is that of Rise of the Drones. It's just a vacuous <laughs> fucking uh just sucker of charisma and uh importance and just everything um what did you who did you pick yeah i think he actually had potential at the very start of the Takeshita heel turn the first promo they did in the ring together super heat it really worked out made Takeshita seem like a dude and he was doing a great job but as time went along he wormed his way into so much more and it was so much airtime has been wasted on him to no real end ultimately for me, though, I went away from the managers. Even Don Callis, he at least has points you could point to as a positive. But to me, I'm going to have to double up on another award here. Every one of them, I don't want to lump them all together, but let's face it. The AEW refs just suck, man. Like, <laughs> you know. Wow, um, just the whole group. <laughs> the whole group, all of them. I mean, th- there's a couple that are okay, uh, but especially Aubrey and Rick Knox have screwed up a lot, <laughs> you know, and and made the matches worse with their performances. And I don't, I don't want to watch these people <laughs> like be referees anymore. I want people. I just want normal referees. Like, is that not so much to ask? You know, just give me somebody normal, doesn't blow spots, doesn't hog the freaking camera time. I don't want that anymore. I don't need that in my life, though. And I have to give it up to to the AEW referees. Some of it may be guilty by association. There's a couple that are all right, but there's a couple that are really, really bad, and and they make me not like. And they can blow whole matches as well. (laughs) Like we talked about, even that one spot with Mox and, and Phoenix. That ruined multiple storylines for months. And like they're still kind of recovering when you think about it from that moment. So I think that from that point, I think the AEW refs are are my my worst non-wrestler. My do you even go here award winner. (laughs) If you're a fan of him, that's fine. I'm not judging. I'm talking about me right now. (laughs) Dude, you... um. Do you have lots of like the PWG era Knox? I do. Uh, that's going the thing. over like, the top rope. Yeah, I, I I like Rick Knox before now. I don't know what happened. Bryce is another one. He was a great referee in in the Indies, but something with these guys and girls, they just they just constantly rub me the wrong way. Like watching them, <laughs> I don't know. And, I don't know. What about the worst commentator of the year here? I'll go first on this one, but before that, grace us with the name of the award. Uh, The Shut the Fuck Up Award for (laughs) Worst Commentator of the Year. For me, it's got to be Corey Graves. Uh, (laughs) This guy's all over SmackDown. He was all over Raw earlier in the year. He's been on both shows multiple times. Like, I get it. Like, the thing is, listening to him, you can tell he thinks he's a great commentator in his mind and he's really clever and he loves talking on the shows, but no matter who he's with, when it was Saxton 
was his partner and now with Kevin Patrick, he he does he tries so hard to be the heel that it becomes really grating at Ashley Hurts matches at times. It was worse with Saxton than it is with Patrick for sure, but he doesn't add anything to me either. Like he's really annoying, but not in a helpful way to heels or even baby faces. Like Wade on Raw does a great job, I think, of being a heel that's not over the top. Like he's a believable guy that actually puts over people and does good things. And I think AEW, that's one area where I do think they've improved since JR hasn't been around as much, I would say. I think that with Taz taking a more prominent role, he and Excalibur do a pretty fine job. There's still some stuff about Excalibur that I don't love, even though, again, I loved him in PWG. But uh, he's mostly good, though. And he's got a lot of knowledge, and I appreciate him as the head commentator. But Graves, to me, doesn't doesn't do it for me, man. He's just a wannabe heel commentator that isn't effective, in my opinion. Yeah, um, he's a repeat offender when it comes to worst commentator of the year. Ever since he really started, he's always played that <laughs> just over the top. Like you said, unbelievable heel where like his comments and everything are just so far removed from reality that it's just like fucking noise, you know? Yeah. Um, so I absolutely support your pick. And my award goes to what up, though? Kevin Gill from Circle <laughs> 6. Um, you know, hearing the stories of I was at King of the Deathmatch and hearing the stories of how he um filled like an hour of airtime or something just talking about like oh. juggalos and all sorts of random shit i'm like man that i can't imagine how awful that was because just him calling matches in general is pretty awful um you know he's very much like Corey graves right the things he says are just so over the top that it's kind of just like again noise that i i disregard because it's so unauthentic um or inauthentic and and it's it's so immersion breaking and it's hard to be immersion breaking when you're watching a fucking death match, you know, like these guys are really bleeding and he's like somehow making that do like putting, being over the top of that. Right. Um, like one of these guys is going to slit the other guy's fucking throat, bury him in the ground. I'm like, dog, this isn't a 2006 death course show like chill. Um, you know, and plus he's just a big poser. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know, man. He's he's someone where any company he's in, he's like the biggest bootlicker. And then the second he moves, he hates the other company. And if all of a sudden he's a big bootlicker again. So, yeah, if I never had us here, Kevin Gill talk again, it would be too soon. So now as we move on, Dylan, who would be your tearing up raw an hour before airing award for the worst angle I want to read a, a cage match comment right now on Kevin Gill because you've got a lot of <laughs> a lot of believers. Zero point nine three rating. My apologies. Zero point nine three rating on cage match for a KG here. Oh. Uh, shout out to uh, Koopy Hancho here. He talks like a thirteen-year-old left home alone for the first time and watching his first R-rated movie. He can't form a single complete sentence without cursing. Instead of calling moves and adding some emotion like a good announcer does, he just screams at what he's looking at. He's an embarrassment, even by wrestling standards, which is nearly impossible to do. 
there was a glimmer of hope for GCW when Fight put them on their streaming service, but they inexplicably brought him back for this year's collective, so I just passed on it for the first time. Zero out of ten rating. Wow. Ouch. Um, Koopy Honcho told it like it was. In my took book. the words right out of my mouth. Beautifully said. That was poetry. He honestly is the worst. Like, like you know, like I, I don't like Corey Graves, but you were correct. I, I, like, I think, I think I might have to change my pick. Actually, now that you th- thought about it, the problem is I've tried to avoid any shows that he's commentating. So on principle, I don't think it's fair for me to say him because I try not to listen to him purposely. But I've listened to him enough to know that he sucks. Uh, at, at the end of the day, my pick. For the tear up, what would you say that was? The so I, I realized that I thought it was for worst Booker, so I accidentally did the wrong name. Um, but that that's my it apologies. Works. So, but yeah, it was the tearing up raw an hour before airing awards, so I, I read the wrong award name. But yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, well, worst angle then. No um, more names needed. <laughs> I'm going to call this the NWA Coke Spot Angle War Award oh, of the Year. Okay. Because that was great. we had a man snort cocaine live on a wrestling show. Father James Mitchell, and I, I'm not judging anybody, but all I will say is there was a time where they seemed to have a million dollar deal, a dollar deal for the CW. And now they're on their app and not on their channel anymore, which seemed to take place very quickly after that. How do you allow that to happen on your NWA uh, Samhain move uh, show? It's it was insane like that, that we didn't see any cocaine live on air in NWA in like the 70s and 80s. But now we True. see it like, my God, Um I guess the only way you could pull something like this off, Dylan, is if you have the brain of someone like Billy Corgan, which is pretty <laughs> fucking dumb. Uh, do you think he did it, or do you think that James Mitchell went to business for himself live on pay-per-view? Honestly, James Mitchell going into business for himself is fucking hilarious, especially if yes. he doesn't like Billy Corgan. Yeah. He's, he's just like, he like rolls up a 20, he's like, fuck this guy's CW deal. And yeah. just rips one, dude. Just God. What have what what has this world brought us in 2023? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a really awful one. But like, OK, for me, that is such an objectively awful angle, but it made me laugh. And there was a solace <laughs> yeah, I found exactly. in it in terms of them presumably losing their deal. So like the the one I chose was one that just it's like a Finn Balor's, um, you know, rope breaking oh, type yeah, moment yeah. where it's just so painfully infuriating like why the fuck does something like this happen because it's one of those things where i refuse to believe there aren't better ideas that are pitched and it's purely out of stubbornness and and unwillingness and disinterest um to actually invest the time into making it work or to deviate from the path Right. So my uh, James Mitchell doing coke on NWA, Sam Han, <laughs> Sam Hain, or um, whatever it is. Yeah. Jimmy Uso returning um, at oh, yeah. SummerSlam. Oh. 
Uh, yeah. And now his brother Jay Uso, um, you know, this has led to a shirt that says no yeet. And that's about all I got to say on it. That was horrible. Like that was so stupid and nonsensical. Again, although you could argue the Coke spot did more damage to the company overall. To a singular storyline, that one might be one of the worst because <laughs> even the most de- like dedicated Bloodline fans, they hated that. Like nobody liked it at all. There were no defenders for it. Everybody knew it sucked, and it still haunts us now with the storyline because why did they just? Why would he want to rejoin the the Bloodline after all of this? It doesn't. He was the one who turned on Roman before Jay. It it was so god awful. Great pick on your part. I I one thousand percent agree. Uh, I, I, that pick. This finally vindication for suffering through this. So I'm happy we were able to get here. What's next? Next up is the Roman Reigns Award for most overpushed. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired at the at the the head the head of the table here. I'm um, talking about mid 2010s Roman too. Shit, it's <laughs> multi decade over pushed talent at this point, folks. <laughs> well, he's pushed a lot. I will give you that. And he doesn't wrestle that much, so thankfully he doesn't take up too much TV time <laughs> this day. But once again, now we have entered my zone, Ooh. and my zone means we're o- opening fire on NWA now. Open season. Tyrus, you push a guy because he's on Fox News. And I'm not here to talk politics. Maybe you are a a fucking Fox News fan, conservative, Democrat. I don't care what you are. Anybody can love wrestling. Anybody can be good at wrestling. But if that's all you have, you're on these Fox News shows to bring the title with you. While you have some of the dirt worst matches in the history of pro wrestling, and on top of it are a proven anti-draw to your company that not that long ago felt like it was at least on the upswing. They tried to do some different things, but Tyrus, as the one of the longest reigning NWA champions. Driving off all the fans, at least Roman, he doesn't drive off the fans to WWE. I don't like his storylines a lot of the time, and uh, a lot of his matches, true. But Tyrus was at a whole different level that I unfortunately wasted part of my life that I'll never get back. I watched these NWA big shows, though. This is a confession live on air. I watched. (laughs) Why did I do that? Is something wrong with me? Is it some kind of deep personal flaw that I've never corrected that I did it? Or is it their fault? (laughs) Who do we blame for NWA? Who do we blame for Billy Corgan wanting to push Tyrus all of these many, many moons that he's been the champion? And thank God he's gone. This man sent you into existential crisis. He did. (laughs) Um, Big agree. And... I tried to 
not award people multiple awards here. Like, you know, a Don Callis and then the Don Callis family theme. I think there's a little bit of separation there. But I tried to, you know, keep it unique awards. So while I right. while I can't say Tyrus will show up again, um, I agree with everything you said, um, especially when you're there are a lot of uh, wrestlers who separate um, you know what they do off screen and on screen and Tyrus just said fuck that so and yeah um, won't get political but definitely someone who I thought misrepresented the company and was very antithetical to their mission of resurgence so I went a little bit different um, someone who I thought just was pushed so hard this year and if we look at him now um, he has like the Hmm. He's like if like Men in Black, right, was a WWE style promotion, he would be one of the guys in the coffee room. That's like the the little aliens making coffee now. Just like Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, you chuckle at him, but just a complete fucking nobody. Right. And that's no disrespect to the coffee aliens. But (laughs) this guy (laughs) faced John Cena at WrestleMania. And I I feel like. It would be hard to even remember that match if you're paid to Austin Theory. Um, and what I thought was so fascinating with this case is that you could see two different booking mentalities essentially rise or fall and rise within this single character of Austin Theory. Um, the way he was shoved down our throats at the beginning of the year, the way in which he has taken such a back roll seat now to where he feels like almost a, uh, I don't know, he feels like a like a like a twelve year old who who's a Logan Paul fan, yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't think this guy has a shred of talent in the size of just his pinky nail. Um, you know, I, I think he is just the most bland generic wrestler and is absolutely undeserving of the push he received this year. That's why I call him on this show from the very day one of wrestle update. I call him average Austin. And that's what (laughs) I think of him as a double a baby. If you were to like grade every metric of a pro wrestler on a one to 10 scale, he would be five on everything, you know, like there's it's not like he's this terror. Like Tyrus is a legitimately horrible performer, like in, in every way he can barely walk, let alone wrestle. Theory can do some stuff. He's OK in a completely mediocre way. <laughs> like if he were a job guy. Or like what he was doing in NXT, he was like the 23rd ranked guy on the roster that's okay but for some reason they wanted to put him and give him these big moments and big spots and look no further compare austin theory's promo on cena to grayson waller's promo on cena when they were in england yeah, it's like a, poor a, a, grayson a, waller's paired with him now <laughs> it makes theory look even worse because you have a guy who is somewhat of your lane like a similar style of wrestler as you but significantly better at every aspect of those five out of 10 that you bring to the table. So it makes him look even worse. And he's like a hanger on now to Logan Paul, like you said. So totally agree. Uh, most overpushed. Uh, he definitely deserves a lot. And he, and ultimately too, like they gave him big spots. 
like U.S. champion for months on end. It needed to end. It lasted way too long. Uh, and he just there's just not a lot there with him. And again, he's completely average in every sense. The look, average. Song, average. Nothing wrong with it. Like the move set, he has like a couple of good moves, but mostly boring. Uh, promo, he's I would say he's a little below average on the mic. Uh, honestly, that might be he's a worse promo than as a wrestler even, and he's not even a good wrestler. So he's it's a tough call, and to push him, that was a big mistake on their part, and it seems like they realize that now. Like it, it seems like he needs to be down the card. Or he's honestly, he's a guy that I think would be better off in NXT trying to grow because I, if you see any potential, he's a guy like to me, either you send him to NXT if you think there's another level he hasn't reached or you get rid of him. Like, because uh, there's so many better options that you could bring in at his spot at the moment. Yeah, um, he <laughs> I'm excited to see what he does in MLW in two years. He was there before. <laughs> is priscilla kelly no, gonna follow I'll, him? I'll say this too like this guy has been over pushed since evolve like i thought true when he, yeah when he beat jd drake i was so pissed off um and i've held on to that anger ever since um at least they had something with the like with priscilla with him uh-huh. i think they at least had an opening and like he didn't deliver on it because he was like you said he was still over pushed even then but they at least had a glimmer of hope and he was young at the time, like younger than he is now. He he's still young in life, like in the grand scheme of things. But he's wrestler. He's like TV aging at this moment. We've seen him for years now. He's not a new guy anymore. Uh, there needs to be a next level. And like you said, even back in those days when he was still a rookie, he didn't have what it takes back then to even be the evolved champion, let alone a main guy at WWE. So good point on your part. What's the worst gimmick Thank award you. name? Worst gimmick, the Lord Tensai Award. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you enjoy them. Goes to the MAGA Butcher. Um, oh. And this is just someone who I thought, you know, there's a big difference between a Tracy Smothers running the stereotypical 80s, 70s Confederate gimmick right on the indies and very much playing into that sort of, um, you know, stereotype and everything versus a, <laughs> like, elderly necro butcher just waving around a Donald Trump flag while wearing American flag pants. Um, like, it's just such a deeply lazy, deeply ignorant, deeply, you know, multiple suffix of ism uh you know gimmick that i think doesn't lean into the satirical nature of something like this that has been done before um and even then it's not like necro has even you know uh, a skosh of the of the talent and um you know mic work and audience and work to an ability to work an audience as a tracy smothers does right um and yeah, I just fucking think Necro Butcher sucks, dude. Um, like he also just recently dropped the gimmick and now he's just going by Necro Butcher again because as XPW shuts down once again pretty much, they're no. they're pretty much in the shits. Um, I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, like 
they like they're like literally running a show soon it's some shit like not dead yet or like you thought we were dead and it's like all right if you're naming your show that you're fucked (laughs) um and yeah i don't know i think it just goes to show that he did this as a cash grab and it did not pay off and it's something that he's now trying to distance himself from so uh yeah the lord tensai award goes to maga butcher who did you have for this dylan Really, all of XPW could be nominated for all of these awards, and I would agree <laughs> with them. But I just didn't watch any of their shows, <laughs> so I, 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 I did not either. I did not either. But but it's these, a terrible. Are, I, this one, you, yeah. these are things that uh, came prin- across my feed and whatnot. I would say so. On principle, you could vote for a, an XPW <laughs> for this award because it's about the gimmick, not the work itself. Um, yeah, he's in BJW now, so uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, you know, but they've got the whole crew there. Madman Pondo's there. <laughs> you know, I don't know who thought that was the oh, best yeah, idea the, for them. The classic crew, the classic established crew of Satu Jin, Green Phantom, Akira, <laughs> Pondo, yeah. and Butcher. This is like if you put all deathmatch wrestler names in a fucking like hat. And just like shook it around and then you pulled out five random pieces of paper. Uh, like Pondo and Butcher, sure. But what the fuck, dude? If I was Akira, I'd be distancing myself. Green Phantom, badass dude, so random. And Satu Jin, like as far as I know, this guy's clutching the scene because he knows how to roll joints really well on long road trips. And I know they're not doing that on the fucking plane in Japan. So what purpose is this guy serving here? Anyway, check out him versus Ruben Steele from ICW Pit Fighter. It's a banger. Uh, but yeah, dude, fuck Necro Butcher. Sorry. <laughs> Wrestling's fucked up, man. Sometimes. sometimes. Crazy. Crazy. That was a great pick. For all intents and purposes, uh, I could not bring myself to watch <laughs> or even think about that. I knew that he was like into that. I guess it was all a gimmick. Uh, after all, I don't know. I didn't want to see it. I don't know what's going on. I tried to to stay in my lane. So for me, the worst gimmick and the one that's gained by far the most negativity from me. The one that I think hurt people, did damage to characters and storylines and entire promotions. And we've seen it. Since this gimmick was gone down, the company is better off. Like that, and we see it. We see it universally hailed as that. To me, the devil has to be the worst gimmick of the year. We spent all of these months on a worse version of the Black Scorpion angle that had a payoff that's totally uninteresting with a guy who's hurt. And on top of it, you set all of this up for a guy you knew was hurt, and the protagonist of the story you knew was going to leave. <laughs> so you spent all of this time with these horrible segments with Cole and MJF wasted my time, wasted my life already got an award on this show and you build it up to a nonsensical payoff. That doesn't even mean anything. Like they're trying to move away from it already. Where like it is, There was no point to this. They wasted all of our times. There was no purpose, no point. And it sucked. The devil sucked. And by far, Adam Cole, I'm not saying it was his fault because he didn't write this storyline. 
I haven't loved his performances since, but that's another situation altogether. Maybe in 2024, we'll talk about him for that, the worst of show. But for 2023, the devil and everyone behind it well-deserved the worst gimmick of 2023. Yeah, um, lots of painful and miserable memories associated with the devil. Um, it's... Uh... <laughs> It, it was as fun as it wasn't to talk about, you know, it, it gave us a lot of stuff to chew on. That's true. A lot of stuff that is true. To, to joke about and criticize. But damn, yeah, this sucked. There really is no no positive to it in the end. Um, so I, I love your choice. Who do you think's worse, uh, MAGA Butcher or Dr. Redacted? MAGA Butcher. Ooh. Doctor yeah. rejected. Not still has hope for him yet. Put over. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, big, big, uh, you know, stamp of approval here from Nello. Yeah, we'll um, do our whatever awards next week. He'll be like, <laughs> so when Dylan's like, "What do you think of Doctor Redacted?" I'm like, "Whatever." And then then we play the bow 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 air horn and we send you the award. So, <laughs> oh, can't wait for that. But what about the worst promotion? Yeah, so the 2004 to 2022 WWE Award for Worst Promotion of the Year uh, goes to <laughs> goes no, to wait XPW. A minute. <laughs> I, I cannot what? agree. What? I mean, listen, it started in 2007, maybe, uh, maybe late 2006, but I cannot give WWE that award when we had Shelton Benjamin on Raw inspire me to become a wrestler and running okay. up the ladder and yeah. all of that. The Christian and Jericho stuff was great. The Wounds Division, you had some interesting storylines. Uh, with Victoria, and it was a good champion. Even Trish did some cool stuff. I can't start it to 2007. That's my only request. 15 years round number. How about that? That's fair. 2007 to 2022 WWE Award for Worst Promotion of the Year. <laughs> XPW. And again, again, I saw clips. I, you know, I'm. I have a lot of friends in the deathmatch community. We all talk about this yeah, yeah. stuff. And the fact that we all hate it so much without, like, you can truly despise something and recognize and acknowledge its absolute, uh, just nothing positive quality just by simply knowing of its existence. And XPW <laughs> is truly the gutter of pro wrestling. Um, you know, if you thought wrestlers got second chances in Noah. Just fucking wait till Michael Elgin's the world champion of XPW this year. Um, you know, it's just an awful roster, awful wrestling, awful promoter. And just all of it is all around, I think, detrimental and does no positives for the pro wrestling industry. I definitely agree with that. As I said, they're the one promotion you, you could never get me to touch. <laughs> at the end of the day. But unlike, as I said earlier, the company that sent me into existential crisis was NWA. So therefore they have to be the worst promotion. In my opinion, I watch their shows. <laughs> I <I'm> wasted <laughs> my time on their shows. <laughs> I watched their shows. <laughs> this was my time. They stole from me. Billy Corgan, you've ruined the smashing pumpkins multiple times. And on top of it, they were it is very much inspirations to one of my favorite bands, My Chemical Romance. 
They left and recame back just like the Pumpkins did, which I knew they would because I knew they were big fans of theirs. And Mikey Way also loves indie wrestling as well. So shout out to Mikey Way. He might be listening to this right now. For overall, we know. But you ruined everything in your musical career. You ruined Resistance Pro. Your website still has not been updated. You let people snort coke <laughs> on the air. You push Cyrus. Your website is still not updated. Absolutely. <laughs> so many flaws. I could I could go right down the line, Billy. William, if you so want to be called that. I hated WA. Why why did I watch those shows though? Because you have a good heart and you give things a fair shot. Um And they have and some I- people I like. I'm so happy Camille Camille's out of there. Because now we'll get to see her in good situations instead of having to carry <laughs> crazy people that they, they line up against her. Um, but yeah, NWA, again, that's the thing. XPW is a totally valid choice, but NWA affected me on a personal level, <laughs> and therefore I can't let that slide. What's next? <laughs> next up is the Ava Rain Award for Worst Promo. <laughs> Or worst on interviews, I should say. Same thing, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I just say, like, the Observer did it. It's the same, <laughs> really. Uh, who was the worst promo to you? I, I guess I know, based on the name of this. <laughs> no, well, I mean, who did you pick? Let's go with you first. <laughs> I went with Matt Riddle. Honestly, even before everything going on in, in his life, and his strange life that he's lived, I hate this guy's gimmick. I think he's really overrated, actually, as as a wrestler, because like that's the thing. People will talk about him as like a bad, like he's done bad things, but he's actually a good wrestler. I actually think he sucks as a wrestler. And if somebody did good at certain points, I don't mind praising it. The it, the industry in this world we live in, no matter what situation we're at in life, video games or whatever, there's probably gonna be some bad people that are good at their jobs. He's just not one of them. I hated his character. They always wrote him to comedy and stuff. And he's not funny. Like, there's nothing about him that's amusing to me at all. This stoner gimmick. I'm totally against all that in in wrestling. We don't need that bullcrap. It's not amusing at all. It's not clever. He didn't show any talent on the mic. I hated all of his promos, even when he was at the peak of his career. And I get it that everybody loved him (laughs) and RK bro. But for me, I couldn't stand him on the mic anytime he was on. <laughs> he really benefited from being in probably the most like prestigious evolved class there was in terms of technical wrestlers. Busick, uh, Gulak, yeah. all of Catch Point, Zack yeah, yeah. Sabre Jr. is champion, Thatcher. And I think that's what really allowed him to break through. And then when you realize that it's just like that knee strike combo he has, the other wears off very quickly. Great yeah, choice. He's a decent, Great choice. He's a decent athlete. Like can do some stuff when he tries to mix into MMA stuff. He's a better wrestler than Theory per se, but it's not that much. And his promos are the the dirt worst. Like I, I hate him on the on the <laughs> mic. So uh, yeah, Who, who's your pick? Ava Rain. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> We gave her. We gave you your old award, baby. And this dude, is I only you. watch. 
December of NXT this year. It was that bad. Um, you just saw those clips I showed you for the worst promos for a schism. Oh my god, what was the show I watched as well? It was something like a. It was the week before New Year's Evil, so it might have just been regular NXT. But yeah, dude, yeah. anytime she talks again, it's like I I don't understand how some people forget how to talk, like when they act. Because if yeah. your job is just to fucking talk, like she's not doing any character work when she's just like, yeah, this match is going to happen. And yet somehow she still has negative charisma. And <laughs> I just don't get it. Um, like, I think we've seen like right now, NXT is very much a second and third generation playground, you know? Yeah. And. I would say the majority of people, even a Brooks Jensen and Alexis King, at the very least have characters defined, have a unique style. And Ava Rain really is just an absolute um, miss, I guess you could say. Um, Like, I do not have... We haven't seen anything from her in ring that suggests ability. We've seen absolutely like when your dad is the rock and you have this amount of negative charisma on the mic, like it's I don't feel like this will be a long success. I think that this is going to be more uh, David Flair than Charlotte Flair. They started off with this ridiculous schism stuff as well, which that's a tough spot because in that sense since you're kind of required to be over the top uh but she didn't have it and then they moved her from that to like basically any kind of assistant gm type of bullcrap we've seen it a million times like the most basic character you could have like matchmaker and she still has no charisma so it's very strange like whether you give her the most to do or the least to do she just can't carry it. Yeah, just not a good actor. Like that's all. That's all there is to it about her. She's just not a good actress. At the end of the day. Yeah. I agree. Like that. That, that was a good pick on your part, and her legacy will live on <laughs> through the name of these awards. <laughs> what What about the worst feud? What What are you calling that one? The bottom of the third award for worst feud of the year. Um goes to the outcasts versus the AEW women's division. Oh, um, okay. The reason this one was so bad for me is because this could have been fucking cool. This should have been your blood and guts and anarchy in the arena, not elite and Blackpool. like fuck put them in a five V five survivor series elimination match where it's just work rate. Like that's what I want to see with these guys, not battling it around in arena. Um, And I think that you could have made this the defining storyline of like your first kind of like, you know, how Marvel, right? Their whole universe. It was like the first Avengers. I feel like you could have really capped it off here. You had your Britt Baker story, your Thunder Rosa story, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we saw Britt Baker and um, Jimmy Hayter. They aligned with Riho. Um, they brought in Sheeta for a bit, and I thought, man, why don't you throw in Jade Cargill and actually have her interact with the women's division for the first time outside of just her own universe, right? I thought that could have been an amazing moment, much more meaningful than the end of Jade's actual, you know, AEW career. 
Um, I think you could have put an Athena or a Mercedes Martinez as well with the outcasts. Fuck, you could have put Nyla Rose with the other women as well. Like, this really should have been an all-out war, and instead it was an all-out fart. It was the laziest fucking booking. It was like, it was like, hey, we're going to do the NWO, but just the last year. Um, and, yeah, this sucked. It sucked so much. Um, so much that, you know, we're now literally witnessing Tony Storm, like, just in a purely psychotic break episode is she tries to navigate while being lost in time, you know, like just like NWA sent you into existential crises. Um, the outcast broke poor Tony storm as well. So, yeah, just, I think again, like, you know, other storylines I would say are the devil and the bloodline and stuff like that. But for me, I've never really liked them from the beginning. So, and it's like they, I didn't see potential with them, right? I'm like, this is just a shitty storyline. But I think what frustrated me with so, like, and so much with the outcast was just it was the biggest example of the lack of real investment in the women's division. So, yeah. Who'd you pick, Dylan? Well, that's a good pick. That was bad. And kind of derailed Tony from where she was at as a babyface originally. Uh, and Ruby as well. You know, I kind of liked some of her heel work. <laughs> she showed a little bit of personality I liked seeing. But you said it yourself. The devil and MJF was never good. So there are no positives to take from that feud. And not only that. Unlike the bloodline. As crappy as it is. At the end of the day. Like the bloodline is terrible. And they've done they've totally ran it off the tracks. They were at least able to give us moments of hope in that storyline, whether it was the the Sammy turn. Going into the Elimination Chamber, whether it was WrestleMania with Cody, you got Jay at SummerSlam, you gave at least glimmers of hope for a great ending to it. They, they, They keep wasting our time. They kept wasting our time with them. And it was horrible. It turned out bad. We hate it now, obviously. But they gave us moments. And here's my hot take real quick is that I didn't like any of those moments. Like, really, I thought the Sammy term was bad community theater. And again, like, I I don't think that's on Sammy so much. It's just I think the entire bloodline is incapable of acting. Um, And that's that's my own thing. But uh, yeah, like for me, at least I'm like, man, even that stuff didn't really touch me. But anyway, I um, what else? That's true, but to the fans, it did. Like, you yeah. know, to, to a lot of the fans as well. Can't uh, argue that. With the devil, what? There's nothing good about this entire feud at all. Like, there's not a single thing I would say, oh, yeah, that was cool. That was really well done. Everything with Adam Cole and MJF. And if you want to, you can, you can go all the way back to the Chinese food promo that I mentioned earlier. That's six months. And there's Ooh. not been a single positive. And in fact, it led to some of the worst matches in the company's history with MJF and Cole at All In, with MJF and Jay White, and which they didn't even pay off. They they totally bait and switched that. <laughs> that. That would be like, you know, imagine if instead of Sammy turning on the bloodline, the show just ended with Roman walking up the ramp and nothing happened. And Sammy wasn't even involved at all. 
that would be freaking stupid. <laughs> like even even if you didn't like the the way they did it, at least something happened. You built up to this big moment. You bait and switched us. You did poor storylines over and over and over again. Half a year, all of it was awful, and the company is a lot better without it. I mean, you know, we've seen it already just a few weeks in. To me, the devil and MJF and the outcasts were bad and did potentially take away like any hope for the women's division being good. But I think they were already kind of at that point where they already weren't at a super high level. They just we could have gotten to a higher level and they didn't get there. Uh, you know, unfortunately, with MJF. But I mean, if you really think about it, all of MJF's feuds have been pretty bad like this year, like the past year. The Cole stuff was awful. The four pillar stuff got like universally criticized as bad. <laughs> the match was at least good at the end, but the feud itself was very bad. The Brian stuff, the match again, the match made it work. And Brian's great promo work made it work. But his particular points in that feud totally sucked. His promos there. <laughs> the stuff with Takeshita early on where they teased the racial stuff. <laughs> like, his year uh, sucked. Yeah. yeah, like that. The, the Cole was by far the worst of it. So Adam Cole and MJF, the devil MJF, whatever you want to say it, the whole thing sucked. And that's my pick. Yeah, can't argue with it. Uh, you know, I think all of our uh, discussions prior to this episode yeah. surrounding the devil uh, are perfect evidence and support for your argument. And this is another thing. I watch this shit. I put <laughs> my time into this this stuff. I can't get it back, Nello. Life is not long enough for this. You know, who knows? It could all be taken away today. And do I want to go out knowing that I had time that I could have spent on anything else in the world and I spent it on watching the devil? <laughs> Man, this is the stuff I have to live with, people. Oof. A That's brutal nice. take. <laughs> the next step is the Vince McMahon Award for the most disgusting, <laughs> most disgusting promotional tactic of the year. Who'd you have for this, Dylan? I think that ours... Might be different. I I want I specifically want to know who you picked first, and I'll explain what I'm thinking before I before I hear it. So my most discussion, uh, God, I can't talk. My most <laughs> disgusting promotional tactic of the year, and this is, uh, God, like it's within the realm, and I think that this does work. Um, it's not necessarily WWE. But it does have to do with someone who is very much part of TKO. Um, I thought, and this happened the first week of 2023. Um, I thought the most disgusting fucking thing that happened this year was Dana White's power slap being promoted and still airing uh, <laughs> after he slapped his wife. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So that was my pick for the year. <laughs> what about you, Dylan? Yeah, not technically wrestling, but it was advertised on, a on AEW at least. And yeah, that sucked. I mean, like you said. Uh, now, would you say this is kind of my problem with this award of the Observer? <laughs> and this is actually a perfect case because. When you lay it out and you explain it like you did. Everything you said made perfect sense. Like, I totally agree that that is bullshit. Like that that happened. 
But I also would say that was not necessarily a promotional tactic in and of itself. It's not like they hyped the show up saying we've got the guy who slapped his wife and now he's running the new show. Like, that's not how it was. It was a thing that happened in in real life, certainly. But it's not like they used it to promote the show. It's just people knew that it happened and they got so much bad publicity because of it. I guess it's it's more so because, no, that's a very valid point. The way in which the event recontextualizes everything yeah. that comes after and the promotional tactic being that they did nothing about it and that you're watching Dana White in this room on a show named after him. And he's like, man, that guy slaps like a motherfucker. And he's just like yeah. literally drooling over people slapping each other. So I think I guess because yeah. I completely agree with what you said is that. And it, it wasn't that the action they took on it necessarily so yeah. much as the the obvious and blatant inaction, because I think that yeah, yeah, silence true. can speak just as much as well. That's a great point. <laughs> like a lot of times, even in interviews, I would if any of the wrestling media are listening and they're going to these interviews, uh, you know, press conferences or whatever, even if you get a non answer, a non answer can still be an answer, you know, in and of itself, you know, yeah, that still I mean, says something. Shout out to John Pollock for hitting Dana White with the hard answer or hard questions last night at the USC post presser. Yeah. So uh, shout out him. Uh, nobody in wrestling is a better reporter than he is. In, in my, in my opinion, like I think my John Pollock. I, yeah. I have a ton of respect for Pollock <laughs> for sure. He called me so the that, essay master once and I literally nothing else has brought me more joy. That's amazing. <laughs> And you des- and deservingly so, for the record. I've seen your college reports, Mister. So I, I, will, cos- <laughs> I will co-sign that. <laughs> Although putting me on there may make it make that invalid <laughs> just by default no, uh, no. there. But no, no, you, you, you're, you're great at it, honestly. And he is too. So good, good for him. Good, because I and he's somebody you trust. You know he's going to ask a question that like that as well, yeah. where a lot of guys wouldn't. Um, but with that said, this is how I looked at that award. That because what you said is objectively probably worse than mine or even some of the stuff like with Vince and stuff like, you know, Saudi Arabia and all of that. But I didn't look at that. Like those aren't promotional tactics per se. If anything, like some of the stuff is stuff you got to try and hide. Like, you know, like you don't want people to know that, that that stuff's happening. But I went with something that was blatantly on the show. Like was meant to build to a feud and it was so poorly received that they had to ixnay it immediately. And we never heard it again. That had to be the juice Robinson and MJF quarters segment, uh, with the anti-Semitism line, uh, for them to do that and go there showed such, uh, like horrible, like misunderstanding of your audience, I think. And it, it was so irresponsible to do it. And again, like you said, with the power slap, it's not like they probably knew about the things going on in Israel at the time, or it might have been right when it happened. I don't think this was done within mind, so don't get it wrong. I'm not trying to put that on them. But the timing of it, they should have been much more mindful of doing an angle like that, considering all of the stuff with Israel going down, like literally during that October 7th uh, deal that everybody talks about. So to play that into this. You do this anti-Semitic line, and we had a – I really would definitely recommend everybody listen to our show 
on about full gear because the first 30 minutes or so is we kind of talked about that angle. If you remember, we talked about how maybe wrestling isn't the best medium to engage and tackle these kind of stories, not for any moral reason or any, any lack of talent. Like maybe these guys could do a great story about it, but the medium itself restricts your ability to portray these angles in the right light. And I think this was a total fail. Uh, the juice, the MJF angle. And as I said, the day after, everybody hated it. And the way Juice did it, I know that you saw it on Twitter. And, and in some ways, again, that's a credit to his acting ability that it was so realistic. But if you're a person watching and you faced you know, anti-Jewish sentiment in the past, and you see the way he yelled his name and had his name written on the quarters, that had some people shook on Twitter. And I, I really felt bad for him you know, at the end of the day, because that is a real-life thing that still happens to some people. And MGF, I get it. I know he probably didn't have the worst intentions when he did it, but he should have thought it through more. And he said afterwards that this is my story. I want to tell it how I wanted to do it. And they didn't <laughs> like Tony Khan said, <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> Actually, we're going to say, forget the quarters. We're going to give juice a cubic zirconium <laughs> ring now to face your ring with. So to me, total fail and not just a very poorly thought out, and not not well thought out idea again. Um, yeah, again, great choice. It was a it um, was a legitimate promotional tactic as well. Like on the show, they wanted yeah. to build to a match out of that. No, I think um, yeah, definitely go check out the full gear because we did like a pretty in depth analysis. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to try to retread that here, but. It's, and you it's, as a producer was one of the people I would trust most, honestly, <laughs> much like Pollock with the interviewing. Like, you know that stuff and, and you your answers were very much the sign of a professional. I can only go by what I say and what I know with the in the wrestling world and occasionally my own morals as well. Uh, but, you know, not that I'm trying to push anything on anybody, but I thought your you especially did a great job of handling that whole discussion, because I think it's one that doesn't get talked about. And even in that angle, we. I think we approach it from a really unique and well done angle on your part, especially. Thank you. That's very kind to say. Yeah, it's um, not something that functions in wrestling. Alas, what is the next award? Worst tag team. Ah, the fake Diesel and fake Razor worst tag team <laughs> of the year award. <laughs> I like it. I, I like this. Who do you have for this? Hey, I was all inspired by your giant panda award. So that's right. I, I shut that out and I'm, I'm excited to get to it. But um, who did you have as your worst tag team of the year, Dylan? I gave them an honorable mention last week for the best tag team. There are just so few tag teams that I thought they were one of the best and also the worst at the same time. No, no. Uh, <laughs> for their theme music, actually, I thought it was really unique and well done. It reminded me of ABBA, but pretty deadly. <laughs> are so bad in the ring. Like, who put these guys on the the main roster? And I again, this w is another one. UK baby shout out RIP. <laughs> now this is another one where if you put these guys on any Nickelodeon show, they would be the worst actors on them. Not just iCarly. It could be anything. It could be Victorious. It could be <laughs> Big Time Rush. Zoe One One. Zoe One One. Unfabulous. Drake and Josh all the way back to Keenan and Kill, which I did like, but still they would be the worst on all of those shows. Pretty deadly suck in the ring. And I, 
I somewhat like that they they're so stupid and goofy and over the top that they're kind of unique with the attire looks ridiculous. Uh, like they're somewhat amusing, but they're still terrible. Like they're amusingly bad. So I will give them that at least. But for me in the ring, I don't have any time for pretty deadly. Uh, I'm sorry to Kit Wilson and El- Elton Prince there but for that one. But I do like your theme music, however. And isn't that what matters most? I like their backstage segments. I think they're funny, but I can't, I I don't think I've ever seen one of their matches, but yeah, for some reason, I know they're from IPW UK. I remember tweeting like in 2013 or something. I was like, just watched an IPW UK show is pretty weak. And then they followed me and messaged me like, Hey, what do you think we could do better next time? I was like, the fuck? (laughs) But um, they, they wanted fan support. I like that. They they wanted to be better. I appreciate that. RIP. Um, but yeah, so for this one, it's a little bit more of a faction, but um, this was a faction where I thought there were no good pairings. I am a Uso hater. Um, even Jimmy and Jay together, I think, are a wildly overrated tag team. They are the WWE Yum Bucks. Um, Ooh, which is to say, uh, spicy take. Dude, just like... I. Even their match with Owens and Sammy, if that's not with Owens and Sammy, like that's the heart and soul of the match. Um, yeah, they sucked the fucking life out of the tag division. They effectively killed the Street Profits like those guys have done fuck all since their feud with the Usos. Um, they, I think, had more negative effects on the roster than positive. Um, and then pretty much, you know. A Jimmy and Solo pairing, a Roman and Solo pairing, whatever it is they do now, it is bland. It is played out. I do not think that the in-ring work or the, again, community theater storytelling involved here um, does anything for me. And when it's when you're as bad of a tag team outside of the ring in the sense of promos and, again, your effect on the product as you are in the ring, like, poof, congrats on your award. So you're going for the whole bloodline. Whole bloodline, baby. What Paul if Heyman, Heyman was in a tag match? This, yeah, Heyman <laughs> gets this award, too. Wasn't he supposed to be in one once? <laughs> I think so. I think you might be right on that. Yeah, I think there were times Roman wanted match, to... <laughs> then it counts still. Okay, good. Uh, I just want to make <laughs> sure we have everybody <laughs> getting their proper place here. As you, yeah, as you send out the awards, you're like, okay, got to send one to Heyman. So... Yes. <laughs> I, I just wanted to get sure. I, you know, I, I liked the KO and Sammy match at the end, but it was the moment that made it as much as anything. And, and you said, screw this. I ain't watching this crap. I got to go. <laughs> like yeah, when you were there, Lyle. Lucha, baby. Gringo versus Psycho Clown. <laughs> and you enjoyed yourself. And you lived your best life. But and, the blood and many other sucks. people did at WrestleMania as well. So, again, Good. If you like you like what you like. So and the bloodline sucks, though. Like I said, they had like (laughs) they had one or two good matches that I I will give credit to. It's like Brock. Like, yeah, I like some of those Cody matches. I still don't need to see him all the time. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, Uh, so I do not argue this award. I will go with pretty deadly myself as well, however. But now we're getting into some nitty gritty. We're in the top five right now of our awards. We got a few left. Uh, What is the worst show of the year in wrestling? All right. So this one was really hard because, I mean, what was hard was a lot of the shows that had the worst matches of the year also had some pretty damn great matches. 
Um, you know, as much as we criticized World's End, I couldn't give it worst show of the year, especially yeah. when it had a Christian and Edge and um, God swerve and dustin Rhodes. no i'm kidding but for <laughs> me dylan the heroes of wrestling 1999 award oh. for worst show of the year is wwe crown jewel um not only for its you know i would say we're almost in the post sports washing era where it's just pure propaganda um it's you know, it's unfortunate because it's not on the audience there. Good for them getting this show. But again, yeah, yeah. The the reason these shows were created. And when I look back at this show first, there was nothing from it that I liked in terms of that's something I'd watch again Two, it had the five way women's match for the title where Ripley pretty much killed everyone in the division. Um yeah, Shayna, Zoe, Nia, whatever. And I thought it did absolutely no favors to literally bury your entire division um, with a champ who literally already does not have opponents. Um, yeah, he had point. Solo Sokoa working over John Cena's or John Cena working over Solo Sokoa's thumb, whatever the fuck that was. Oh, yeah, you hated um, that. <laughs> Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest because we needed to beat the money in the bank winner again. Um, yeah. Cody just had to have a match to fill out the year until he faces um fuck who's he gonna face at mania he's gonna face Nobody drew knows. at mania this year in a no holds yeah. barred match um and then roman reigns versus ellie knight in the main event no that not was for rough. me yeah just no uh, <laughs> no yeah you like that the little swirl yes there. i did <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah, for me, Crown Jewel, I could honestly call this the Crown Jewel Award as well. These shows are the only positive about them is that when they're over, I still have a whole day to turn around my mood. That's true. I honestly liked Seth and Drew on that show. I thought that was one of Seth's better matches. I thought the crowd got behind Drew well. But that made me happy because Seth sucks. <laughs> like as, as champion. Uh, and I was happy to see Drew get his respect. You had Kyrie return there as well. And a match, by the way, that match was so disappointing. Like EO and Bianca compared to their backlash match. That should have been way better than what it was. Um, everything else was. Oh, and the the best part, the Logan Paul and Ray match was pretty good. I mean, it was all right. The finish sucked. But the best part of it all was when he afterwards, he was like, I, I always love you, Ray. I respect you so much. I'm so proud I got to beat you. And Ray was like, I know what you did. You did it. <laughs> because he had used the brass knucks on him. He's like, I don't yeah, know yeah. what you're talking about, Ray. But man, I love you. You're that legend, was awesome. Brother. <laughs> yeah, you're a legend, brother. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Like that part. So there were at least moments in that one that I will give the thumbs up to there. But overall, that show sucked. Like No, no doubt about it. Like not a show you want to be in. And then let's not forget that Miz segment was atrocious. Oh my god, with the actor. Yeah, with the act. like his ass whooped. <laughs> then and then he hit the worst. He hit somehow worst. worst people's elbow than the rock hit on Ginger Mahal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Michael Cole was like, Oh, I love this guy. He's the funniest man in the Middle East. It's like you haven't seen one second of this man's movies, Michael Cole. Like, we know that this is like you said, this is propaganda for the movie industry uh, there more than anything. Uh, blatant lies by Michael Cole. 
And the show, never a comfortable or fun show really to watch. But I do respect the, the, the people of Saudi Arabia get, getting this show. Like you said, nothing against them. It's the government that uh, is to be questioned at the end of the day. But still, though, even though that show did suck, and I will concede that, I still had to go back to NWA. I watched this show. I want to remind you and everyone listening of that fact. Sam Hayden. So we had a crackhead on pay-per-view, first of all. That's how we started off here. You had a match that was completely just a complete train wreck of a match. Uh, with the the War Games deal they tried to do. Uh, just uh, Just an awful, awful match like worst indie spot fest as you could say at the end of the day and, and on top of it max the impaler was uh, was eliminated during the match and then won the match for for the team when that <laughs> happened that's how out of control this all was like look at this lineup alex misery teamed with magic inc cody james and jake dumas the miserably faithful if you Judeus, were up all these names right now, I'd have no clue. Judeus from Southern honor pro. I think so. Fucking God. That guy sucks. Listen to crime update. Yeah. The champion. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. He faced the Kenway. And do you know who, who, who Judeus partner was in NWA? The Kenway. Max, the impaler. Oh, fuck. No way. Okay. They're, they're called the miserably faithful, uh, with CJ, and Father James Mitchell. Uh, they took on <laughs> Koa Laxamana, Magnum Muscle, Dak Draper and Mims, and the other miserably faithful team of Gags the Gimped and Sal the Pal. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm pretty sure the storyline of this was like Gags the Gimped and Sal the Pal like wanted to leave the miserably faithful like James Mitchell's factions. But the storyline was if they win, then he owns them or something like they're his slaves forever. Now, I mean, he's gags the gap. He's a BDSM guy, uh, which I respect it. I love the freak nature that you've got going on, but as a wrestler, Oh boy, <laughs> like rough, rough oh stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Rough stuff there. And he was actually good. He used to be in, in PWG. But not under his gimmick, obviously. He was like uh, Johnny Yuma or something. Wait, uh, what? The yeah. fucking Rockness Monsters? Yeah. Wow. Oh, fuck. Lars, Johnny Yuma, bud. Lars only in TNA. <laughs> the blast for the past there. Oh. Uh, now, now he's Gags the Gimp. No. Uh, but right. unfortunately, they, they lost. This is what Billy Corgan has done to Johnny Yuma. <laughs> this was his idea. Uh, loser leaves town. Match with Rush Freeman versus Brady Pierce. <laughs> Special referee R- Rolando Freeman and also Matt Cardona came in afterwards. And uh, Billy Corgan said, you're a real star, man. You you sold a lot of tickets. But I was like, huh? <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything? Uh, you had Colby Carino versus Joe Alonzo. World junior title, pillar to post match. You got the Southern Six, Alex Taylor and Carrie Ke- Morton. Versus the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher. We were just talking about WWE, uh, 98, uh, 98 WWF at the time. 
Uh, Jax Dane versus Blake Troop with Chris Silvio Esquire. Pretty Empowered. Ella Envy and Kylie Page versus Natalia Markova and Taylor Rising. Silas Mason versus Chris Adonis, Chris Masters, in a Burning Lake Brawl match. What? What does what does that mean, you ask? Well, yes. let me tell you. Let me tell you. I don't know. <laughs> Even after watching it at the end of the day. Uh-uh. Uh, I still don't know the rules and will not go back to look them up either. <laughs> I will go to a review I saw in Cage Match to describe this. Shout out Benny Five Bellies for this. There is a very loud, very drunk fan who is remarkably enthusiastic for Chris Adonis. Her piercing screams will haunt my nightmares to the end of my days. <laughs> I can't remember a single thing from it other than that fan, but it was perfectly competent. We have the six-man tag team riddle box match here. And I'm sure you're saying, what is a riddle box match? This is like... they The boxes had weapons in them. <laughs> like, it's a Halloween bullcrap match. So we had the Brothers of Funstruction, Ruffo and Yabo the Clown. They teamed <laughs> with Violent J from the Insane Clown Posse uh, for this match. They took on La Rebellion, Bestia, Say Say Says, and Mecha Wolf, along with Vampiro, in a truly atrocious match. <laughs> that might have been one of the worst matches of the year, uh, surely. I still think the Devil's Last Dance War Games match was the, the worst one, though, because somebody got eliminated and they won it at the end. <laughs> I, I hate that match. You had the World Women's title, Kenzie Page, who's actually pretty good, in all honesty. Uh, she rules. She's New South champion. Yeah, she's good. Uh, she is also the NWA World Women's champion, and she beat Ruthie J in what's probably the match of the night, honestly. Uh, the Colby Carino and Joe Alonzo match has a very minor bump. Uh, the the women's match six point two seven Colby and Joe six point four four. I think I like the women's match a little bit better. Um, that's the only thing. Those were the only two things even semi competent on this show. Not even average. Everything else was atrocious. And we still got more. The world tag team titles. The medieval knights of the round table match. I'm sure, you're asking yourself, Dylan. <laughs> what? The what? Fuck? What is a medieval Knights of the Round Table match? It's a table match. Kind of. Oh my god. But it can only be through a very particular kind of round table that you have to put them up. I'm not making this up, by the way. I watched this! I watched this. I watched this. And I'm not making this up. You had to put them through a round table because we saw them go through tables. But because it wasn't a round table, it doesn't count. They just kept on. And I will again turn it over to my to my main man, Benny Five Bellies. Zero out of ten rating for this, which again maybe been one of the worst matches of the year. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> what a what a start to a cage match review. <laughs> the stipulation in this match is to put one of your opponents through a round table. I told you, I told you that's what it was. I uh, put them through the round table. This step appears to exist only to have Aaron Stevens hiding in a knight's costume for interference at the end, which did happen as well. This match is played out to near silence, and even commentary are sounding bored out of their mind by this point. It is slow plotting mess with an occasional table spot. 
The announcer tells the crowd after each table spot that it's not the end of the match and you ha- can feel the disappointment of the crowd each and every time. And even results in them chanting, that's not round, after the fourth table is set up. We have a small person turning up with a small table for reasons lost on me. Like the rest of us, Tim Storm sounds like he wants to be anywhere but watching this. Shit. I love it. <laughs> Jesus wept. And then the main event. A no limits match for the NWA world title. EC3. The legend that is the man who controlled his narrative all the way to the NWA title. He faced Tom Latimer in this no limits match. This was not as bad as the crap that I said before, <laughs> like the, the round table match and all the other stuff, but it was still well below average. Thomas Latimer Latimer is a perfectly average Austin level wrestler that I don't need to see <laughs> ever. EC3 is below that at this point, which even at his peak, he was never that good in the ring, but he was at least a good promo. Now he's just not good. So the match was okay, but a terrible main event, you know, on the level of LA Knight and Roman Reigns, just without all the nonsense interference, it only went 15 minutes. So it's probably better a little bit, but it was still bad. And the show itself was just like, this has to be what being on drugs feels like. I hate the show. Sam Hain. Why didn't you watch it with me? <laughs> I'm really happy I did it. It left scars on me. Nello. What was like, how many, so like 10 matches and probably, I would be interested to know how many actual stars. Like, do, do is it less yeah. stars than the actual amount of matches I could see? The table match had to be a dud. The riddle match box match had to be a dud. And the Devil's Last Dance War Games match had to be a dud. So that's maybe negative stars, actually, for that one. Uh, so you're already starting in the hole three matches in. Thankfully, though, that, that left eight matches left to go. So you so you've got eight matches to get at least five stars between them. And I think between the women's match and the Carino and Joe Alonzo match, I think they could get it. <laughs> Barely, though. Sam Hain. Um, Sam Hain. They, they yelled that a lot, too, if you listen to the commentary. They were always like, Sam Hain! Or some <laughs> win, or some bullcrap they were talking about. Sam Hain! That's what I'm calling it now. What's the worst match of the year? This show started to make me depressed, Nello. The more we talk about NWA... <laughs> Um, worst match of the year is actually pretty on topic. It is the Hell in a Cell ends in a no D or ends in a DQ award for the worst match <laughs> of the year. And that goes to EC3 versus Tyrus. So there's my end. Yes. Plug. Yes. Um, that's my pick too. Yes. I love you. Hey, I'll let you take it from here on the NWA fucking criticism because I love it. Did you watch it? <laughs> Yeah, it was <laughs> okay. Now you you have to do this one because I've said enough about NWA. I want to hear your thoughts on what the NWA has presented us with this epic bull rope match. Um, this was like, hmm. Tyrus has the in ring ability, um, quickness, 
and athleticism of Ric Flair in his final match. Um, this is a haunting fucking uh, <laughs> imitation of pro wrestling. It's like when you go to a dollar store and you see like a John Cena figure that like looks kind of like John Cena, but isn't. And it, it feels like it's from that just separate reality where everything's like a step to the left and just kind of wrong. This is a pro wrestling match where I think if you showed it to someone is their first ever match, they would think that uh, pro wrestling is perhaps a, <laughs> I don't know, the worst fucking thing yes. in the world. It'll make um, them think less of you as a human being and that you watch this. Yes. And it's not even the so bad it's funny. It's the fact that this is their 75th anniversary show or whatever. Um, and it is headlined by the atrocity um, and mistake that is Tyrus. Um, you know, this guy went from calling his mama to needing to fuck off. And I hope <laughs> that now it seems as though he has. So if there is one good thing that has come from this match, it's that Tyrus may never um enter a pro wrestling ring again so did i hit all the notes there dylan anything you'd like to add well you made a great point about it being the anniversary show and that kind of making it even worse <laughs> like at the end of the day do you want to do you know what the cage match rating is for it 0 0.89 0 0.78 fuck Oh. I just voted. I voted at zero, so to, I just tried to add another zero to it. So hopefully it dropped <laughs> it down. Yes, zero point seven seven now. Woo! Live, live on the air, baby. Live on the air. We're tanking it. Everyone, hurry, run. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, we we don't it, we don't they don't need our help with this. Uh. <laughs> Let's see some reviews on here. Uh, the latest one we have. Somebody wrote wrote this just today. Somebody reviewed this match <laughs> on here. Ladder match. This has to be the worst match in the history of the NWA title. I would rather be waterboarded than watch this fucking abortion of a match again. The NWA is a complete fucking joke under Billy Corgan's leadership. Just pull the plug now. Ladder match. Just strong pull words. The plug now. Oh my that's, god. <laughs> that's a good, like a very good review. I would say, like very true, accurate. Uh, let's see, we got some other ones here. Felipe talks wrestling, zero, minus five stars. He puts it in quotations here as well. So he went below zero. He wants it to be minus five here. I finally watched this masterpiece to end up the year in a good fashion. And I think it's a great pick for my first ever negative rating here. What a complete aberration. Outrageous performance by both participants. It's not. It's real. Like it happened. I know. We watched it. This is legitimately the worst match I've ever seen in my entire life, and it's not being topped. I felt sad for both guys and could not even laugh. Wow. <laughs> so the thing about this match is, the match is horrible. Like there's no question about that. The build up to it was horrible. If you remember, EC3 swore that they would have the greatest NWA title match of all time. So you knew it was going to be horrible, like pretty much. But they took it to a level where 
like you said, Tyrus, what he does is not even wrestling anymore. It's like just trying to survive, you know, trying to remember, you know, can you remember running from one end of the ring to the middle of the ring and falling down? I think there were times he forgot about that. He, he blew the most face, basic of spots. He either couldn't remember or he couldn't physically do it. EC3 added nothing. And it really was a, just a tragic end to the Tyrus title reign. It's great that it's over, but what about all of the... Was it worth the price we paid during it at the end of the day? I don't know. Let's get some other fun reviews here. Uh, Lizzie the Lizard. This match was so bad that I willingly created an account for this service to merely review it. And <laughs> hopefully after the seven days rating block, give it the 0, 0.0 rating that it deserves. Tyrus proves that he's washed up with this match and rightfully authors the final chapter of his wrestling career. EC3 barely being able to DDT him was a net negative, and with Tyrus at certain points being immobile, being unable to get into the ring, I don't think anyone has benefited from watching this, and if I could introduce a new wrestling fan to wrestling, I would specifically tell them to avoid this match at all cost. Not only is this arguably, quite possibly, even objectively, the worst match of the year, I would consider this to be the worst match that I've ever seen. Not far off. No, all of those things are facts. Uh, Minor Smile 09. I genuinely can't believe I took almost 20 minutes out of my day to watch this match. I relate to you. I relate to you. I didn't pay for this event, and I still feel like I want a refund. (laughs) Not even just a monetary refund. I want to punch Father Time in the face so he can give me back my 20 minutes. Minus five stars. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's more fun to be had. Everybody go to the NWA 75 tag two page on NWA. Click on, you don't have to review bombing or anything. Just click on the, the rating. You've got 51 votes, plenty of reviews. It's going to brighten your day reading them. I promise. But a great pick on both of our parts and the fans. So I think universally agreed as Lizzie, the, liz- the lizard said, objectively the worst match of the year. Any other vote would be wrong for it, except for that match where the guy shoved a needle in his dick. That might be the the number one worst, but I wasn't going to watch that. What's next? Next up is the Bastion Booger Award for the worst in-ring wrestler. Bastion Booger. I think to me. It has to be Tyrus. (laughs) Same. It's also Tyrus. Like, it's just (laughs) if you think about someone who has absolutely no redeemable qualities, it's Tyrus. I know you wanted to give all different spread out the awards and all that. And it's somewhat admirable, maybe not completely factual, but admirable. And I appreciate it. But if you had gone with someone else for this award, I would have been so disappointed that you let me be the only one to vote for him as the worst wrestler. If he doesn't win every single worst wrestler award, I don't care if it's the observer. I don't care if it's a podcast. I don't care if it's people in the industry. I don't care if it's people on Fox News. Even they should vote for him as the worst wrestler of the year. And I look down upon anybody who chooses to vote otherwise. Irredeemably bad. And I'm so glad it's over. <laughs> but let, let me ask you this, though, about that before we move on. Uh, did, were you as emotional as Velvet Sky was when he retired? She started crying. 
<laughs> no, unfortunately not. And they were like, oh, it's so well deserved. Because <laughs> they, and some people actually chanted for him at the end, some of the 200 people or so in attendance. They started to chant for Tyrus, and they, and she started crying, and somebody said it. Oh, I don't know if it's Joe or, or Tim Storm, but they were like, it's so well deserved for a champion like him. <laughs> Poor Tim Storm. <laughs> that, now that's Cap. He, he knows better. Even Bastion Booger should be embarrassed to, to be mentioned in the same sentence. <laughs> that's the thing is I would have named it the Tyrus Award, but I literally do not want him to have any yes, memory good point. in this. Um, so next up, Dylan, this is your award. Yes, Andreza the Giant, Andreza Giant Panda. Woo! So this award is basically like a wrestle crap award. Something that sucks and is objectively terrible, but also makes us laugh. Uh, which some of the stuff that we did talk about did make us laugh. I will say that. <laughs> I will give them credit for it. But this is like a fun award. This is like the one award that you could win and not be ashamed of. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, if you're a wrestler. So with that said, would you like me to start or would you want to do, do the honors of Andreza Giant Panda's award that I've named his honor? This is your historical award. So please take it from here. I think there are a lot of great candidates when you look at it this year. Even in AEW, some people may have been amused by some of the Cole and, and, and MJF stuff that they did. They might consider that as a part of this award, like a fun, bad type of award. I think back to NXT when Roxanne Perez was working her anxiety attack gimmick that they had. Uh, and how they used a fake Shawn Michaels that they had to shoot from behind him uh, and make it look like because they probably weren't there at the same time. They would cut to where she was standing in front of a guy. We could only see the back of his head. That was not Shawn Michaels. And then they would cut to Shawn Michaels, the real Shawn Michaels, cutting a promo in response. And it made to, for one of the worst acting segments of the year. I think back to Harley Cameron and her rap music video that she had uh, on The Acclaimed. Another one of those AEW ideas that died after a week, mysteriously. Maybe even her will, Harley Cameron again, wielding the knife, threatening to stab people with it. That's pretty kooky. That's kind of fun. But in the end, I had to go with an award. I had to go with the one that made me laugh. And I already said it earlier. Uncle Howdy jumping off the stage for no reason. Missing L.A. Night. It made me laugh so many times. I watched it so many times over and over and would do it again. Much like the good old days of WCW in 2000, Great American Bash. They once had a match to set Sting on fire on top of the stage, on top of the Titantron. And they put a fake Sting in. They set him on fire and he leapt off the stage for no reason. Here again, Uncle Howdy brought back those memories and leapt off the stage for no reason. It was so funny to me. And I, I regard it with the most respect and love. Congratulations to Uncle Howdy. Congrats, Uncle Howdy. Um, I, first off, shout out that. Um, your Harley Cameron memory made me remember uh, QTV <laughs> and Hobbs. My God. Uh, but that was me, just bad. <laughs> bad. I hope yeah. this one isn't, uh, you know, misconstrued as rude because the person here did suffer an injury. 
Um, because that person's is Shane McMahon, and it's very okay oh, to no. laugh at a Hurt McMahon. <laughs> um, Shane McMahon coming back at WrestleMania, tearing both quads, and Snoop Dogg having to save the segment by sucker punching the Miz. Just an absolute clusterfuck. Um, just hilarious all around. The clip, uh, like father, like son, history is a sick cycle of violence against the McMahon's quads. And uh, yeah, this this was fucking hilarious. Just ridiculous. Um, like genuinely a worst case scenario moment that just played out on the biggest stage of them all. So yeah, that, it was, that was made worse by the... Support. Remember that the the commentators were like, Shane's never looked better. And then yeah. immediately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was... But, but you got to give it to Snoop, though. You got to give it to Snoop for his like ad libbing abilities, like working that all out on the fly. Yeah, no, for me, that's part of it. That's what makes it so kooky and fun is just yeah. all aspects of it just really, really sealed it for me. What about your friends? What do they think watching that? See, I had friends over to watch it, and everyone was honestly cracking up. We rewinded a few times, so. Wait, did we? I think we were watching the clips on from Reddit, actually, because I don't know if I can even rewind on Peacock. Anyway, that's all to say everyone had a good old laugh. <laughs> did you like Harley's rapping for the song she um, did? Honestly, when I saw that, I was like, OK, they did that. that was yeah, that's, shit. that's exactly <laughs> it. It wasn't. That's why I didn't pick that. On paper, you had the chance to make something really memorable, but she was actually like, OK, like she wasn't that bad. You have to be truly terrible or actually really great. Uh, and, and like her lines were not at that level, but it did happen. And it was a dumb idea that only lasted a week. So I had to mention it. But definitely the Shane McMahon thing. It was a great pick as well as the Uncle Howdy leap off the stage. Just fun, stupid stuff that could only happen in wrestling. Uh, so we really enjoyed both of that. And now. The main event of the show, Nello. This is what all year has been building up to. The main event of the awards that Wrestle Update can bring to you all. <sighs> Worst wrestler of the year. LVP. Least valuable player in wrestling. John Moxley, Brian Danielson, they were our picks for the MVP last week. You will not hear them on this award, nor should you. <laughs> but with that said, do you have a name that you want to attach to this award? And since I went first on the last one, I will give you the chance to lead this one off for the main event. That's how much I trust you. Thank you. It's an honor entering uh, entering the ring first. Okay, or through the curtain, I should say. Um, first here, ever LVP in Wrestle Update history. You will be the one to award. First ever LVP. Um Quite, quite uh, coincidentally, this LVP was very critical of some EVPs in the past. Uh, this man, to me, oh. <laughs> nearly ruined pro wrestling. He is a stain on the fabric of history of pro wrestling. I'm not going to go too into it because I feel like the name alone just tells you how big of a piece of shit he is. <laughs> and that's CM Punk. Is my worst wrestler of the year. Um, I don't care what kind of business this guy does. I think it's hilarious when Triple H at the post-media scrum or whatever, post-show media scrum, when he says, 
you know, we're not, you know, um, CM Punk isn't the same guy he was 10 years ago. And so am I. And I think John Pollock said it best himself where he said, I, you know, the, the simple fact of the matter is that none of us are concerned whether or not Phil Brooks is the same man he was 10 months ago, but rather whether or not he is the same, same man he was two months ago. And, um, the whole revisionist history, someone that was so critical of the place he's wound back up has literally become his own fucking punchline. So yeah, one bill, Phil. What about Chicago guy on his return? Chicago guy. Yeah. The guy kept yelling Chicago because the Punk was like, whose town is this? And then he oh went, Chicago, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago. And Steve Punk was like, what? <laughs> like looking around at him. It was um, funny. Dude. I love yeah. that guy. Shout out Chicago guy. Definitely yeah. not LVP. No. MVP of a da- down season. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, you couldn't let it go, Nello. You will give CM Punk the worst wrestler of the year award every year he wrestles. From now on, it's locked in. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm prob- I don't watch anything he does anymore. Like, I just skip his raw shit. So, thankfully, unless it's like he does an XPW level thing where it comes across my feet. <laughs> It's just so morally reprehensible. I feel like he's safe just because for the simple matter, this fuck doesn't exist to me anymore. So, yeah, I can't wait to talk about his World Rumble performance next week. So yeah, we will. We, will. we can't escape him forever. <laughs> but we will that, talk about it. say that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you'll live again. Like, he will breathe new life with you. He'll have so much heart. His performance will be so strong. That you just can't resist. You, you just, it's like a, a reaction. You can't even control it. Those arms go up with that scolded crossbones X pose when he comes out. <laughs> Check an exorcist if that happens. Um, <laughs> which I, their promo on Raw the other week with him and Drew. Drew was awesome in that promo, to be honest. Like saying, like, because he was like, I'm not a demon. I'm the devil himself. <laughs> and Drew is like, well, I have to exercise you. <laughs> then, then uh, Drew, I, I love Drew. Punk, definitely, in terms of like reputation and harm done to a company, you could definitely, like, there's a legitimate case to be made for that. Obviously, like, his WWE run, he did move business and all of that. But for all of the negative that he brought to AEW, you can't just overlook that. And his work wasn't that great either. Although I did think he had a good, like a good match with Joe at the end at, at the All In. Uh, you know, I'll give him that. Otherwise, leading a show with Collision, he alienated the locker room, caused so many many problems. And I think a lot of his, you know a lot of the 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 company turning around at the end of the year is also as a result of some negative influences going away. And I think at this point he's so checked out that he probably won't get into trouble anymore. He's going to coast basically. Uh, but we'll see Like if, if they, th- what happens when they tell him no is all, is all I'll say about WWE. What happens if he doesn't get that, that, that WrestleMania main event spot? I think then we'll have a better grasp of where he's at now and who's changed and who hasn't changed. With that said, I cannot overlook the person I picked. Punk, for all of his many flaws, was only around a short amount of time in the grand scheme of scheme of things. He didn't have that many matches at the end of the day. And Tyrus, 
for all of his many flaws. How would anybody draw as NWA champion? It's not like anything's changed with EC3 as champion. He just was spectacularly bad at it. But I also think you could make an argument, at least, that they're so low that is you can't that one singular person can't actually drag them down any further, even as bad as he may be. So when I looked at LVP, I looked at a promotion where they were they had some moments. They had some big things. We mentioned them last week on the best of award show. They had guys coming on the rise. Multiple people. Title matches you can point to that were really good. Shows that even impressed me, and I was against them totally. But to me, I think that Blake Christian is such a bad champion for GCW. And coming off of the Masha run, which was a big moment and meant so much. To go down the route he's had. Every match with this character he has, it's unbelievable because... I know he's not that bad of a wrestler, but his mind is like poisoned for some reason. And it's led to this atrocious title reign that they've had uh, in GCW. And if you look at it, he's defended it against a, a who's who of just awful workers as well. Do you know how many title defenses Blake Christian has had for the GCW world title to this date? 17. 30. Motherfucker, what? 30 defenses. Look at they just They just paired him up with Shane Mercer, too. So now he has a heavy, which means that he's extending that title run to at least spring break. Yeah. I just think he's doing a terrible job as champion. And in a lot of ways, I think they think that, too, because he's never in the main events of these shows <laughs> that we watch. In fact, he's not even the semi-main event in a lot of these shows. He's fifth from the top, sixth from the top, fourth from the top, third if you're lucky. This guy is not world champion material. I don't know what what makes them think he is, but I think if you had had, and even when I started to get back into it when, when we did the show in August and I gave them a fair spot, there were some guys on that show that I, I had kind of written off and they really impressed me. There are some guys that I, I hadn't really seen as much before and they impressed me. And he's somebody I know is a, a decent worker. I'm not going to say he's great, but he's got athletic ability. He could be a dude. You could craft him into a passable worker at least. But everything he does just sucks. I just I don't like him at all. And I think as the champion, that's what makes him LVP to me. He's not necessarily the worst wrestler in terms of the in-ring, but the overall package and being the champion and everything about him to me I think he's a real dark spot on that promotion right now. And if they had somebody really good, really exciting to be the champion, I think that we would be hearing more buzz about them going into the, the year this year. And, and maybe it'll all work out for spring break and all of that. But I don't think he's done done the job as champion. Um, Dude, I think it was Striga, maybe. One of the Euro boys, shout out Euro boys, um, <laughs> who was at the GCW uh germany event and they're like front row and they just post this video of blake christian and he basically goes runs to do a dive 
stops and flips off the crowd, right? Yeah. And to get heat. And then afterwards, he just runs back and does the dive anyway to get his shit in. And it was just that video with the caption of something like, this is the worst wrestler in the world. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, it's so true. Um, Fantastic choice. Left field. He is such a world champion. No, I mean, he's such a fucking awful world champion that they honestly might as well not have one right now. Um, Yeah. And GCW, if you want to argue, maybe the ultraviolet champion is bigger, but still, then why call it a world champion and not just the GCW champion? I don't fucking get it. But uh, congrats to Rina Yamashita for carrying the company this past year as the rightful world champion, while Blake Christian has been doing whatever he does in the matches that I absolutely love to skip. You are the smart one on the show, not watching NWA, not watching Blake Christian matches. I'm here to suffer alone and with a small but dedicated fan base that watches these shows. So thank you. First of all, to everybody who suffered through some of the stuff that we went through over the year. Nello, we did it. Worst of the year. We we put it behind us. This was an exorcism in a lot of ways. I think we brought it back out of us. We we took the evil. We put it behind us for good. Yeah, we healed trauma. We needed it. I, I think <laughs> uh, you know, especially the NWA with the, some of the stuff they were doing this year. Uh, but we went through everything. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. All for good fun. Uh, nothing personal to anybody. Uh, I hope Blake Christian comes out. And has just a completely baller 2024 and just kills it with all kinds of great matches. And we can look at him and maybe he'll have an award in the real awards <laughs> next year. You know, maybe. I'm not, I'm not expecting we, it. Dylan, I think we could end this show on a good note, but you don't have to lie, man. <laughs> I said I hope it I'm happens. just kidding. <laughs> I said Blake I Christian hope. on next year's best of. I've, Blake Christian, I... If Blake Christian does well enough this year to get a best of award, then I'll tattoo the fucking award on myself. Dear God, what have we wrought on on this show? (laughs) We're going to need a real exorcist. No. So with that said, I'm very proud of our work the last couple of episodes. Love crime update. Maybe one day that will inspire you to watch a Blake Christian match as well. (laughs) Uh, it's it, which may be criminal in and of itself. So some of his performances, but still, with that said, we've got everything out of the way. Do you have anything else you want to say? Shutting the door on 2023 as we head into the Royal Rumble and everything that goes along with it. Um, excited for the Rumble simply because it is the Rumble. Uh, great year, great 2023. Thank you again to all the listeners. Thank you, Dylan. And, um, yeah, check out Crime Update if you want a deeper dive on indie pro wrestling uh, in the U.S. And sometimes we'll touch on some Canada stuff as well. Absolutely. I can't wait to see where you go with it. I am going to continue my journey uh, through the indies as well. And uh, so we will get it together, do some great things in the future and have a lot of fun. Most importantly, Uh, you know, that's that's the main thing. Always got a lot of love for everybody out there. Always having fun with it. And man, I can't wait to continue on. Wrestle Update 2024. Let's go. Let's go. So with that said, as always, you know, I love you. You know, we love you.
And until next time, this has been your Russell Update.